Welcome to episode four of AngelCast with your hosts... Alex Lay. Matt Hinton. And me, Adam Cunis. Joining us today as well, we have got Tom Loyne. Hi, guys. How are you? Where are you from? Uh, <laughs> I'm really good. ASL. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm also a London-based wargamer. Um, I'm the TO of the LGT. Um, I'm for AOS. For Age of Sigma. For Age of Sigma. Yeah, Age of Sigma, yeah. which is good. Um, it was not your fault. <laughs> it was not my fault, correct. Um, games I enjoy to play is very much Age of Sigma. I enjoy lots of Blood Bowls, so some of you may see me around in the DBL, ECCBL, do that as well. Um, and I'm just getting more into like, Age of Sigma club gaming. I've only redone tournaments, and I want to do some more narrative stuff and all that kind of thing, and other narrative things moving forwards. Awesome. Um, right. So in today's sections... So this week in Matched, um, we're going to be talking about our trip to Pompey Pillage uh, down in Portsmouth. Um, it was my first ever match play event in Age of Sigmar 2 and pretty much like the last 18 months, so it was a big deal for me. And uh, also Tom had some success with it as well. I did, I, I won. <laughs> oh, spoilers, spoilers for the rest of it. Uh, in narrative, we're going to be talking about uh, conversions and how we how we approach and think about conversion ideas, as well as how we design armies from a narrative uh, point of view first, and then maybe adapt those into some of the other systems, but mostly how we think about army design. And in open play to wrap up, we're going to talk about uh, Necromunda, which we got very excited about, and a, a campaign that we're hoping to do with Angel War Games going forward, um, as well as talking about a few of the new releases that are coming forward. And we're pretty excited about the less talked about Grand Alliance in Age of Sigmar, which is Destruction. So yeah, we're Destruction. Give you a few of our thoughts on uh, Destruction, both in terms of uh, their playability and where they fit within um, kind of a Soul Wars era narrative. Indeed. Right, welcome to Match Play. Uh, so, all three of you uh, went to the Pompey Pillage, correct, over the weekend? That is correct. It last, is. last weekend now, um, and I didn't, being on holiday. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was really lovely. It was a great place. Oh, Sunshine, uh, lots of swimming in the sea. My yeah. bags are in Beijing. Like, well, we won't okay. go into that because it's really painful. Got a lot to go <laughs> I'm into. very tired right now. So, <laughs> how many hours were you travelling versus sleeping? I never actually worked that out, but it was, it was not good. <laughs> okay. um, so, uh, Pompey Village. How? Where was it? I guess Portsmouth. Yeah. Yeah, in the yeah. same hall at Horndean Technical College as the South Coast GT. Yeah, as it's, mm-hmm. as it's always been. Although it's not been on, has it been, was it on last year, Pompey? Yes, it was. It was okay. the weekend after uh, Bobo last year. And this, uh, okay. this year there was obviously blackout in between the two. Yeah, sure. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so what did each of you take? Um, well, I was going to my first ever competitive tournament. So, yeah. Nice one, Alex. Yeah, so, so weirdly, I didn't have an actual legal 2,000-point army in my own possession. So, oh, wow. so you ended up not taking it. So you just cheated. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex cheated and won the event. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I just took Tree Lords. It was great. Um, no, um, I borrowed... Well, I came up with, I've, I've come up with a list uh, of uh, an Ironbark Wargrove. So I took um, Sylvaneth. 
the main reason for that was that I could borrow Adam Silverneth and I had some character in that I could put in. Those are some good for reasons. The, for yep. the zero to two Duradin. So um, yeah, I was I was running a, a one drop Silverneth list, which um, I thought was quite filthy for my first tournament. What was the like main idea behind the list? Just give me the is it, um, is it an alpha strike? Is it a yeah surviving? yeah? So um, it's it was a proof of concept because I saw the Ironbark Wargrove and I thought, wouldn't this be amazing with twenty four um, Endrin Rigger balloons? Um, nice. I don't currently own 24 Endring Rigger balloons. Although there was a moment on the Friday night where you were trying to persuade us I to didn't go think and buy. about going to Tottenham Court Road and buying <laughs> yeah. the surplus balloons required. Can you paint these? It would have been achievable. <laughs> I totally have done it. And uh, getting my airbrush and just getting three colour legal. We um, were literally walkable from Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, I know. Two hours before they shot and 12 hours before the tournament. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Greater things have been achieved. What I wanted to do, what, what I'm trying to achieve is a is a is ultimately a one drop list. I don't want to walk away from Caradron completely, but sure. I'm I'm not uh, I'm really sick of transporting ships about. To be honest, that's the main thing. And they currently suck. And they do suck a little bit. Apparently, we don't. No, I, we'll see. But the point is, I also wanted to try something new. Um, as you know, yep. I'm very steampunk focused, and I wanted to do something that was a bit more high fantasy. So the idea is that it's a I like I likes the fluff behind the Iron Bart Wargrove. I think it's got a great painting and modelling potential as well. Agreed. Um, and I really love the balloon models, and I, I think they're a great unit in the game. They do high damage output. They're very flexible. They're fast. So, so you had a reasonable amount of balloons in your I, actual list? I had nine in okay. this particular list, and the idea was that there was three <laughs> grapnel launchers. So yep. as you're summoning woodlands, which we'll establish later, I was cocking up at every conceivable <laughs> angle, but sure. um, and complaining and, and then complaining and not realizing that I was doing it wrong. Um, but um, sorry, Paul, um, your actually the boards that you put the train on was, was perfectly fine. I'm just, a, I'm just not. <laughs> they were. Paul told us that he'd actively deployed all of the train to on the tables to stop. Wildwood's being placeable. But he'd obviously not done it that well then because I could have done it worse if I knew the rules. Anyway, it's fine. And if you'd known the only person bringing Silverknife was going to be you. It was me, who never played an AOS 2 match play tournament. Um, Anyway, um, so the idea is that Woods are summoned and then the grapnel launchers can keep up with the teleporting units that are using the woods um, by the use of the grapnel launchers and then you'll be able to get an alpha strike off so it's got an immense amount of movement after you alpha strike as well that's the idea and in in an objective based game where three out of the five scenarios from my understanding are are majority models actually having nine balloons is is a pretty good shout Five out of six. The one isn't. Oh, sorry, of course. But then you've got the whole Wizards count as 20 thing as well, I was saying. Cool. Uh, Adam, what did you take? I ran the same list that I ran at um, Bobo. Cool, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So listen to that episode again. (laughs) Items, everything exactly the same. Did you you regret that? Yes, I did. But we'll come on to that. Okay, I'll remember. Uh, Tom, what did you what did you take along? Um, I took the battle sheet. I again took exactly the same list. Oh, don't make me put sound effects into uh, this one. Oh, there are so oh, yeah. many sound effects for this episode. Yeah, Matt. you started a thing now, Matt. And all of I your things one of those, are in Beijing, uh, so you've got time. I need one of those mixers where I can just press buttons. And <laughs> little it, like, chaos pad. Gold! <laughs> now I have to put that one in as well. Yeah, yeah you need a um, chaos pad. So battle sheet and, and magma dragon friends. Yeah, so the concept of the list is um, a 
like destruction. I like dragons. And he doesn't like friends. Don't like friends. Because, <laughs> 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 no, you know, t- team whales and dragons and converted sheep is a cool concept. And it turns out that the Forge World Scrolls are often not written that well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're written very well. They made us be massively undercosted uh, at 540. I, uh, I, actually think, I actually think the Mammoth Dragon ones are fine because they're so expensive. So I, don't, I mean, they do loads of damage. They do loads they, of stuff. They, no, I, th- I don't think they're overcosted. I think they're just very good. Good in the current combat matter, yeah, yeah. they lose to shooting. Yeah, I mean, I I played in some practice games where they, yeah, they've just got shot off. Yeah, there's but there's just none of that at the moment. Exactly. You can just very easily go five games without facing a thing that has a shooting. Exactly, and that's what happens. I had I had the Frost Lord, who's really fast. I had the two dragons, who are really fast, and then the Cogs. And which makes them all even faster, and then just 30 orcs and two shamans to do stuff. And uh, in every single game, I was in combat to one, just charge straight in, put the dragon straight in, and then go. And how far? Take how fast are the dragons? I suppose uh, there's a lot with, where you're 18 16. apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're <laughs> 20 charge. with cogs, yeah, effectively before you roll dice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Plus potential destruction moves. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. Plus okay. the in flipping the table, then they move even further forward. <laughs> um, they're catapulted right. onto table one, and that's why they stay. <laughs> yep. So uh, you already mentioned that the terrain at the event was pretty good, and you didn't have to bring any yourselves. That was the main reason for going to the event, if yep, you're honest. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was also Darren Watson's birthday weekend, and he lives yeah, in Portsmouth. So uh, happy happy birthday, miles, Darren, so. yeah. back then. And he was um, running, what's he running, corn? Yeah, which, I enjoyed yeah. destroying him on his birthday, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you eat his tears? Yeah, I did. Okay. He was, uh, he was upset for about ten minutes, and then he was fine again. So. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You bought him a beer, right? I did buy him a bit. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Actually, he drinks one of, one of those fruity cider things. I don't want to and talk just, about fruit cider. <laughs> I just looked at him like, really? <laughs> yeah. Just sure. pink in your drink for some reason. <laughs> What's going on? Wow. Um, so, yeah, so the terrain and everything about the event was well organised. Yeah, and, and um, Paul done a great job with the pack as well, I feel, the secondaries in particular. So it was a tournament with secondaries again? It yeah. was a tournament with secondaries. I'll just run through them quickly. Yeah, um, that's good. You basically got one, there were six secondary points available in each game, and mm-hmm. they were really streamlined, and you could play your game and just about keep track of them without having to <laughs> mess around too much. Complicated, or, were they? And there, yeah, and there wasn't yeah. too much in the way of bookkeeping either, so... Um, kill the enemy general nice um, keep your general alive until the end of uh, the game I did not achieve this at any point um, destroy all enemy battle line units um, keep all of your battle line units from being completely destroyed um, kill all enemy heroes that start the battle on the board um, so if they're all in the sky you automatically get it okay yeah. uh, and the final one was to keep that. all of your heroes alive for the duration of the battle even if they start off the board or are summoned so you Okay. Um, it doesn't completely destroy kind of Stormcast. And yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Sort of board. Um, and the other thing about the scoring was that, um, so rather than tournament points, it was called plunder points. Mm. Um, so if you got a major win, it's worth 30. Okay. If you got a minor win, it was worth 20. Um, and there was a draw if you kill points within um, 100 points and the game was drawn. Um, so it's 15 points for a draw. Okay, um, so a minor is only worth a little bit more than a draw. Yes. yes. Weird. 
um, because it's a kill points differential, right? Yeah, sure. Um, so if you manage to keep that tight, then it was it was drawn, which I quite liked. And it did come up. A few people had uh, drawn games, I mean. And then secondaries did what? Um, they were a separate tiebreak because uh, it was a small event. It would change right, okay. what the placings were. Yeah, sure. um, I think it's more of a flavor thing. And yeah. give, giving pe- some people something, people something to, to do is yeah, the exactly. one of the most important reasons no, they, that I think secondaries they are actually necessary. They added on to your tournament. Ah, sorry. Yeah. So they were two teams. teams. So, so if you got well, two secondaries, you'd get... 32 tournament points. Yeah, cool. Right, so yeah, you, so it, but it is a tie break. But, well, no, because if, no, you, get, if you get a minor not. win and all your points, you get 26 compared to... Yeah. Do you see oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You could, you could draw, not, get all your points, and get more points than someone who's got a minor win. It wasn't separately... Does that make sense? wasn't separately ranked. It was all lumps in yeah. as... Yeah, the, sure. As but tournament it, it, I see what you mean. But, um, so I, so I didn't get any second... I, I got few, much fewer secondaries than Darren. Yes. But overall, it was it was it, you could see it in the tournament points. So yeah, sure. Good. So it makes it makes a couple of difference, but it is just effectively a second tiebreaker. Yeah, because to even getting one in every oh, but the, could you get every one in yeah, every if game? You won, yeah, if you got all yeah. your second points, you'd okay, get thirty so, so it wasn't, extra points. It wasn't so you have one. a whole extra win. kill points yeah. were ranked okay. separately. Yeah. That's really so cool. No, that's so that yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. Actually, and there are thirty points. List if you got a minor loss, it was still worth ten points. A major loss, but you were within a hundred kill points of your opponent, was worth. Five. five okay uh, and then a major loss where you were nowhere yeah zero. again means you have something to play for which yeah, i'm yeah. a real big fan of in tournaments like you shouldn't yeah. just have people taking their army off and having nothing to go for after one, one turn yeah i mean if you lost the scenario line. by turn two you could just try and go ham and get as many kill points as you can for five points it was and well, it you meant, can get some secondaries so it was and great. what it meant was is i realized in the last game i had to win all five games to win the event because if i'd won Four. Yeah, yeah. Then Darren had, had been deliberately getting all the secondaries, and I think even in the one where he lost to me, he still got five points. Yeah, so he got yeah. like ten points against me. But anyway, yeah. So like, it did make quite a big difference, which sure. is really cool. Yeah. Um, so additionally, the final thing to mention about the event pack itself is that they were running the realm rules and yep. they were running oh, really? the spells, um, <laughs> and it added so much um, confusion. Confusion. <laughs> I don't probably know. What no, I was going to say. I think, there's a, I think there's a sensible middle ground with this. And I think... That, so, yes, there was a lot more bookkeeping. And not everyone had malign sorcery, which is another thing. So, yeah. But so people knew that they would need it signing up for the event. And it was your choice whether to bring it on. There's not, PDFs on TGA now that you can just download for all of the Realm Rules that you so need. That's I fine. But actually, what I was, was going to say, TGA. I think, was my simple feedback on that was... Rather than have all of the spells for each realm in operation every every game, yeah, one. pick one. Just pick one. I think yeah. Tio can just pick one so that it's not a filthy one. Yeah. So we'll come yeah. on to. I, th- I think a game that's worth mentioning is um, the one with banishment in it. Yeah. We're on three. Yeah. Uh, we're on that's, that's one of the classic ones yeah, that we can a, completely swing a major well, it, it objective. Lost, it lost me a game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've been thinking about this kind of stuff for Angel Core, and I think I'm probably going to go with with what Alex is saying and do realm realm stuff but only have one spell that I pick that isn't horrendous yeah. going each time and then yeah. the realm rules themselves they're not too the realm, bad we did what the did realmscape think? features yeah which is just an admit, extra thing I, to keep into account yeah I mean I I actually didn't come up in any of my games I think people knew it was a thing and then got focused on the, the game ahead and then I, I think in all five of my games the realmscape feature didn't come up once that's interesting because I played it in every single game and although it didn't add much in terms of changing how you might play the objective or how you might play your list. What it did was actually add a flavour of what realm you were yeah, in. Yeah, totally. So, for example, okay, the, totally. the first game was in Shaiish, uh, and the realmscape feature there is life leeching. So, on a six, 
um, an enemy unit on the board takes D3 multiple wounds at the start mm. of your turn. Doesn't make um, much of a difference. Doesn't make a huge difference over the game. I actually rolled it turn one and did D3 wounds to the great unclean one, who was then like, cool, and healed them back. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. um, <laughs> so, like, it was, you know, D3 multiple wounds over the game. It's like um, Rob Simon's giving people re-roll dice to play in the game. Yeah. It's like, actually, those few dice rolls aren't going to make a huge yeah. uh, difference going forward. The, mm. the one that made a big difference, the only one that made a big difference for me was the, um, uh, was it the light one where it was minus one to hit if you're in cover? Yeah. yeah. And and you, you should watch that yeah. Ranger course. So the only reason it made a big difference is because there were two pieces of cover on the places of arcane power. Right. So I yeah, moved yeah, yeah. two sure. fungoid cave shamans into the cover, so they and were then minus, minus two, two. Yeah, and then you just can kill them. Did you win that game? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was yeah. You and then if you don't know, the, the other one that I thought was quite interesting, considering we already know that there's a there's a bit of a lack of a shooting matter at the moment. I think Alex probably had the most shooting at the event. With yeah, three short range which, which, and short range no. pistols. Yeah, Wayne Kemp. The balloons. Wayne no, Kemp Wayne. Wayne had an entirely shooting army. Yeah. Oh yes, Scry. He did really well with that, so it's fine. Wow. <laughs> um, we also had the Realm of Fire where all of the terrain features were basically like old school ETC hills. Okay. So they had infinite height and you couldn't shoot through them. Yeah. Man, oh, I miss so, ETC hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really that, that, that plus Sylvaneth Wildwoods meant that game two people basically, there would if there had been some shooting beyond Wayne and Alex. Was it even ETC? Because ETC hills was, if I'm on the hill, you also can't see them. Oh no, you just can't shoot through. You can't shoot over it. It's yeah, assumed yeah. there's a big column of smoke coming up, isn't it, yeah, from yeah. the terrain? So you the ETC, see if you were on the hill, smoke you couldn't be seen. Yeah. Couldn't be seen. Steam. Wow. Yeah, unless you came across the front of the hill. Uh-huh. And then you you could see down, but they couldn't see you up. It was crazy. Uh-huh. That was maybe, maybe that was ninth age only. But okay. Anyway. Ninth age train's awesome. Yeah. It's not uh, a real game, moving on. It sounds really cool. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, so would you rather see them in upcoming tournaments or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or Realmscape features specifically. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think, because um, so, actually it also just gives um, a little bit of an extra consideration. I Do think you think I, it's something that the TO has to really take into account? Like, should it be up on the screens all the time or on a piece yeah. of paper on the board? Like in the pack. I know you did that, Tom, for LGT. You had them, yeah. like, already on the tables. Yeah, so that people could see what they yeah. have the rules on there. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to do it. I mean, I, I think that people will know what they do. It's the fact that we've never used them before. This was quite a small event. Yeah. You just come into it. If you'd played them for a few months, people go, oh, yeah, I know that I'm playing yeah. this now. I think it'll just become a thing. That's true. Yeah. I think yeah. the big issue for at the moment while we're still the game is still or this edition is in its infancy is that there's still three books that you've got to trawl through and that's if, if people don't know it fluidly they just they don't want to have to keep trawling yeah, through yeah but the that books gets that gets rid of that having to trawl through three books right yeah yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm saying yeah. it's a good yeah. idea yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think so, having yeah. a little the angel call would be cool to have like a little pack with that was what the I was game, thinking yeah. these are the rules because you could yeah. do this slightly bigger yeah I'm holding up literally a, just a put like village pack. one piece of paper <laughs> A5 on the table and it can have the realmscape rule and the spell that you're using yeah absolutely Everyone's clear about it. Yep. And it's yeah, all done. pretty easy. Um, Sweet. Uh, so were you playing the new 6 or the new 12 or the, the old 18 six. primary objectives? <laughs> Only the new 6. And yes. You didn't know them beforehand, so you couldn't... Uh, we didn't know them before attending the event. However, the okay. um, event pack doubled as your score sheet uh, and that not only had the battle plan in order written on it in advance, but also the Realmscape features and the realm. So yeah. you could mug up as to what you're going to be facing. Do you forward. think anybody is there any difference in lists that you would write if you're running 18 
12 or 6 scenarios, do you think you would bring mm. anything different? Right, so from my perspective, no, because I've never written a competitive list. Sure, so Alex has never played a game of match <laughs> um, before. So. But, but then, I mean, actually, I think what I what I did do... No, in fairness, what I did do, I wrote that Iron Bart War, Wargrove list on the basis of knowing that it was going to be the new 6. And that's where sure. the idea for slingshotting balloons came came in. But then I think that probably would have been relevant regardless. Yeah, I think now that all all objectives are scored in the same way yeah. across yep. um, across all of those, even there if just older. becomes a couple more that require heroes or behemoths. I would still have, have the full eighteen. Dragons, yeah, yeah. Been a wizard and so you'd have fine. You still have to compromise and go. Yeah. Like there's still a score there's still a burning one in the new ones. There's still you yeah. Know, everything is pretty much covered in the new six. Yeah. So, so what do you think having because some tournaments are running twelve and some are running eighteen. Um, do you I think mean, it adds anything, or if, do you prefer just running the most recent six? I think there is something to be said for people knowing the scenarios, just in terms of making sure that people play within the time limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, and learning 18 scenarios is a bit of a tall order for some players. It just gives that extra five minutes at the start of the game where you both have to read the scenario. That's right, and we already we already have that um, at pillage because as as we already said it's a small event there are only 18 players quite a few of the guys haven't been at bovo haven't been at six nations sure and therefore they might have played a couple of them at club but you've got to remember yep. it's still only what five six weeks we've not all played 40 two. games like you uh no 49 <laughs> isn't it uh 54 yeah, okay. 54 <laughs> games not of aos2 but this year yeah it's ridiculous oh okay i'm at aos2 aos2 started at game 30 and i'm now on game 54 so wow. I played 24 games of AOS 2 well done thank you that's the nice thing that Paul did though is he did take that into consideration so I remember people coming to the event were going oh two hours 45 minutes is a long time for a round it wasn't it was perfect because yeah, he needed the time to read through. He'd yeah, thought, yeah you know, to go through the extra stuff it's 15 minutes just grace so time basically isn't it yeah Chatting and having a beer with your with your friend over the table. I had four hours spare on day one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, did Tom, Tom the first game? <laughs> Tom, did you have any friends over the other side of the table? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you, you played me and you played Darren. Yeah, but you weren't very happy with me by the end of that game. More, I wasn't very happy with, with me yourself. by the end. Of the I think game. you and Darren are more um, like subordinates. Uh, yeah, rather than friends. Yeah, right. exactly. It's yeah. a sad place for everyone. Um, so, what scenario did you not play? We didn't. Traffic sorry, sorry to make you work. Didn't traffic lights. We didn't play really traffic like lights. Traffic lights actually. Oh, shifting played. objectives. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one way. Yeah, and actually, in the middle. And that's yeah. actually. I've got. I've got to say. I felt that playing relocation orb was a mistake. Paul loves it though, and it's Paul's event. He was fine. Like, fine. Gonna do it. Totally fine. fine. Totally fine. And it was a fun game, but. The, so in my, so I was playing against Wayne. Wayne has Scryer. It's entirely shooting. I'd finally learned the correct rules for putting trees down. Yeah. So I managed to put three a three base triangle of trees down. Mm. Um, that completely blocks his line of sight. He, yep, so he has to does. go around the flanks, and he couldn't push through the middle. Yeah. I got on the orb in turn one. It and then on the roll of a dice, it went back into my deployment. And yep. that was it. And it's game over. It's very, very quick to become game over in yep. relocation orb that. Now, I was going to establish, the... there was all the secondaries, etc. to play for, and that was probably then yeah, the yeah. limitations of Wayne's army was that it didn't have a lot of movement. 
But then I kind of just thought, well, let's have a bit of a game and throw everything forward and nearly got tabled having already won the scenario. So, wow. like... Although I would say it is, it's very clearly designed for the super mobile AOS 2 armies because me yep. and the Doors of Cain, Callum with the Doors of yeah. Cain played in the last game and it was really tight the whole game because we both had ridiculously yeah. mobile armies jumping and around. Daughters and... ridiculously mobile? Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah. Because it's the teleporting temple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've he's never actually played the rare. teleporting one. And because he's got the wizards, so he has wizard with 20 wounds. Count yeah, 20 yeah. wins. I had carrots count 20 wins, so we're both just trying to yes. get those guys yeah. within. And a lot three. of board coverage, too. And with that kind of diagonal Tetris style deployment, actually, yeah. you might have a smaller, a, a slower army in inverted commas, but actually, if you do take the first turn and get hold of it, then, you know, if it comes back into your deployment area, you don't have to be that fast to keep it. So yeah. I think it's a good scenario. Um, I wonder whether the waiting of three for the second turn is a bit much, but then if it's two, it's not enough. So I just would if I was running an event, I wouldn't have it as one of the options. You'd just leave that one. Yeah, um, but I also wouldn't run the one where you burn things because I auto won that. Game, well, the best part of boring. that but I've seen more auto wins on that one. That's the point at which where there are eighteen scenarios to choose from. I would be tempted to do yeah, say four of the new ones, but actually I would drop the two where there are very there's either a random winner or kind of it's easy for there to be an auto win. Yeah, sure. Um, and there are, you know, there are another twelve scenarios to choose from to plug that gap. So find something that was the flavour of those from from earlier editions and, and have a go at them. Fair enough. Uh, so, did you guys have any like uh, important games? Anything that you want to go over? I know we don't have time to go through every single game, but um, I mean, I managed to yeah. um, I managed to beat Nurgle for once. Hey. Um, hey. And Martin Clark, who was playing Nurgle, did end up doing pretty well and I think probably finished higher than me in the event his list was very nice actually. his list was different. awesome um, and it was different and um, just as I said when we talked um, about Bobo and I played the Zinch list that was different to what I was expecting you just go oh no it's this that's really cool I'm looking forward <laughs> to playing that let's see how this goes and yep. um, I knew what the War Scrolls did and it's a different composition he played really tight um, just wanted to shout out to mine anyway because it turns out within the first five minute discussion he went to my school <laughs> wow. uh, and yeah. left it in sixth form when I, I started in the in year six of the kind of prep school for it. So was, yeah. that, was, that did. was weird. Yeah, um, I did mention that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and cool. And he was, he was a gem and a really good opponent um, and got one of the uh, best army nominations. So that was cool yeah. yep. um, as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I managed to win that game because Order Draconis does quite well on scenario and I knew which things to kill in what order. Um, it's all about practice. When it's seven drop Nurgle, it's slightly easier too. And I also really like that it was seven drop Nurgle. Yeah, that is cool. Um, because did he, did he say that he'd done that? Did I'm not. Sh- I can't remember, but I've just got it written down here, and I've written the word ideal next to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, perhaps. Um, I think another. If, uh, just looking at my games, I think the only other game that really needs talking about because I. I th- I'll talk later on about how I feel about my list going forwards, but the other game that's actually contingent to the event mm. was having smashed game one, uh, both of us, Tom and I, faced each other on um, table three yep. uh, for the second game, which sounds really impressive, but there are 18 players. Yes, so yeah, so it's only nine tables. Only nine tables, so we were in the top third. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Tom and I played each other, and we were playing focal points, and we looked at you know my list and his list and the practice games we've played with those lists yep. in the past. Uh, and the scenario, and we went, 
yeah, Adam's definitely won this. Yeah, I was just, um, I was just happily looking the other way, chatting with the people, going, "So, Andy, yeah, you won this, so it's fine." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I won um, this." So you know, I could, you know, this this game is mine to lose. Yep. And <laughs> How many lose times did you say? <laughs> eight or nine times, and, and lose it, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what should you have done? Adam? Um, anything else? No, what did I you mean, do? what I should have done is deployed in a corner, given you turn one, let you score, and then just cavalried in and smashed you in the chin. But what I did instead was just come over at you. You were a bit too far away for my whole army to hit you. Then I whiffed completely, you and then you won the priority, so you had two turns of just murdering. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got yep. completely tabled, and then Tom's like, ooh, there are objectives too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, when it parked his sheep on them. Yep, yeah. fair enough. So that was bad. But also hilarious in retrospect. It was very... It, and magma dragons are better than uh, high elf dragons. Or elf dragons. Whatever they are, yeah. it turns out. Unless you kill them before they... But then you die, don't you? We did. Elf dragons. Out. Yeah, I actually did die this time as well. Because mm. we figured out in all of our practice games that magma dragons on average do 13 mortal wounds back if you kill them in combat. Yes. Um, but this time they did slightly more than average. Yes. And I you mean, only need to do it's very relatively easy to then suddenly <laughs> <do> four, <laughs> suddenly kill the dragon. Yeah. And you know, I went, ah, it's fine, they only do 13. Wrong. They don't. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they have about a 55% chance of doing um, 14. I, I did all of the classic mistakes that kills my list against this. I, I went first when I should have gone second, and I got my uh, five priorities in entirely the wrong order. So I, you um, just had some typical elf huge. I am the best. And there was there was Wrong. a there was a great moment in turn one as well where I I just hadn't considered that I could win it and then suddenly it happened and I was like oh I really need to think now because I can actually smash him off. Suddenly and switched on. Yeah, so I let switch on the thought so five minutes and then we put my beer to the one side. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, um, just, just to tack on to that, I did exactly the same thing morning of day two against Daughters of Cain, which I'd gone, oh, it's places of arcane power. I can just sit three dragons on those. By can we caveat this with him having said in the curry house the night before that he had brought the ultimate hard counter to Daughters of Cain in front yep. of Paul? Yep. And again um, said the words, wow. cannot lose this. this. No, I said it's my game to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and lose it I did. I did exactly the same thing. I didn't play the objective. And cavalry across the table and did nothing. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I feel like it was slightly a last hurrah for the dragons. I yeah, I feel like it, it was. And and Callum just went, all right, cool. So Marathi's going to be there now with a teleport, and you can't kill her, so that's hers. And um, also banishment. So see you later, dragon. Yes, yeah, so that's like, where banishment. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's... Oh, I've not stopped that with my plus two dispel because that's also not guaranteed. But oh, ban- <laughs> banishment in that scenario does break it. To be fair, a little yeah, bit. I agreed. Uh, I, I, um, considering that it's written on the uh, on the pack, I feel like Paul knew that banishment yeah. ruined the scenario Paul and was trolling us. Absolutely, he was like, "Oh, we're playing that scenario in that realm. That's what we're doing." Well, that's why he put cool. relocation all was the last game. He didn't really want it to be like a competitive. No, it wasn't yeah. meant to be a. It, yeah. wasn't it, was, meant, a it was meant to be a club. Club. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that was. I, I, I managed to win three out of my uh, five games. So thanks <laughs> to uh, all my opponents, including Tom. Thank you, Adam. Um, thanks, thanks, Michael wow. Browning, for actually having to play Relocation Orb against Dragons uh, final game with Sacrament. <laughs> uh, Callum, Stephen Phillips, a brilliant Beast Claw Raiders. We had a funny game, but it's not enough fun to talk about it now. Uh, and mine, as well as Tom. So, nice. I enjoyed thanks. my games, but not my list. Alex, what were your what were your games like? Did you? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mentioned earlier that I was making some mistakes. Um, so, Adam had very kindly coached me on how Sylvaneth work on the Friday night. 
what I hadn't made. So I'd made myself a little cheat sheet, but what I'd written down incorrectly mm. was that the wild wood that you put down at the start of the battle um, can be um, uh, an inch away from other terrain features, and uh, etc. And how are you playing it? Three inches, like the Tree Lord Ancient summoning oh, one. That and how much fit. space was there on the tables for three inches? Uh, sod all. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just doesn't so, fit anywhere. So, unfortunately, what I was doing, and it's entirely my fault, and then I was also bitching about it as if I'd been hard done by, um, <laughs> by you. By myself. Um, yeah. Paul came over and went, No, you're being an idiot. No, you're doing it. It was actually in game five when Wayne went, That's not how that works. Works. You can do it like that. Like, just do that. <laughs> like, oh shit! And then um, you smashed him. <laughs> I smashed him off the oh, table. Thank you for being so such a good sport, mate. Uh, no, no he didn't care. Me. Yeah. Um, so taking that. So I, I, I wasn't using Sylvanus to their full potential, unfortunately, because I was being a, a, an idiot. But um, I think for me, every game was crucial because it was my first competitive games. But one sure. thing to note in particular was playing a great game in round one with Gary Fisher who ultimately did come third. Mm-hmm. And that was for me to see just how, like, awesome Night Haunt are. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Tom. Um, they have mortal wound output on your silver net. It, for me, it was, it was my first exposure to an AOS 2 battle tome, yeah. as in, like, yeah, release yeah. for AOS 2. And real combos, real, so, like, stuff. Exactly, happening. and seeing the synergy there and the, the half the army appearing in turn two wherever he wanted and just... Immune to rend, etc. It was just Lady Alinda's cool. Alinda, uh, actually, Alinda wasn't in the game that much because well, she's Gary, not broken, Gar- but she, I think no, no, Gary really cool kind of misdeployed her a little nice. bit. And she spent a lot of time floating around in the centre, but then I didn't realise that they could do a um, it's a, a skull guy with hat on skull horse. Ninja shrouds. He can. Is that the guy? Yeah. He can summon. He can. Wait, Knight of Skull guy with Skull, skull, skull hat. Guy with skull hat. On, ho- on the one, Skull Horse. The model he had that was on a horse was the Knight of Shroud. Yeah, I thank presume. You. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and he can. He can make a, an, a unit in his own army uh, redeploy. Oh, yeah, Eighteen yeah. of him and nine away from you, and yeah. that was that was super strong. Yeah. Um, but um, so that was a, a great learning curve, and. Um, you know, just to just to see one of those new battle tomes. I think the other game of note for me. So again, uh, thanks to Martin Clark for a great game in turn two. It was very close against Nurgle. Adam actually came over and watched me play some of that game. Yeah. Um, and I, for me, I was I was just really trying to because it, Nurgle are obviously a great counter against Sylvaneth. Mm. Um, Sword Hunters went ham against his um, what are they called Blight Kings. Yes. Um, but there were some other elements there where I made a few mistakes and uh, Martin was an, an excellent opponent and that, so that overall was a great game. But I think um, game three was a big one for me because it actually was the first time I got a, a good proof of concept for my balloon list. What did they kill? Um, or everything. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, in game, in game three? Again, so that was against Rich Belfield um, and his Slanesh. Um, okay. And um, I absolutely managed to drop a wood, alpha strike um, on his right flank, burn two objectives, and and took uh, off half of the they're army. Be really good for that. And, and uh, nine as well. yeah, people won't see it exactly. And um, and that for me was a, that now was a, they'll know about it. <laughs> <laughs> spoke about it publicly on a podcast, so yeah. it was a proof of concept for my list. And then other than that, then my you know I also played um, uh, against uh, other people. Other people. Game four. Game played against Wayne. Game and five, then, you played against Wayne, didn't you? Yeah, and then it was Sam Nice. That's it for game oh, yeah, four. Right. Um, he was lovely. Um, 
and learning that skin wolves are quite nasty for hacking apart wizards. I thought that he had Archeon, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah. Um, it was actually quite a fluffy list, but Archeon sitting on a place of arcane power with a massive base, like, well, I'm not getting anywhere near that. Yeah, so the fluff that... is that he's the lord of the end times. And... Hey, it was a good game. <laughs> he's, he's won the game. It was a good power. game, and unfortunately I failed on my charges, and that was just that was just on the dice, but it was, it was a great enough. game. I really so, want to so what did you what did you learn? What did you would you change anything in the list? What did you what did you pick yes, up? Yes, so the list that to... I've written is now going to have two units of nine two nines uh, okay. ether balloons, which has led to the song nine on nine ether balloons. <laughs> okay, uh, which Adam and I are currently uh, custom Can't writing. writing. Oh, they um, have brilliant ginger moustaches. They're all going to have brilliant ginger moustaches. Painted red as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, with yeah, that that's going to be the, the theme of that. Um, and I will be hopefully I'm going to put Dreitcher in after a long chat. Cool. Um, okay. Over the Tree Lord Ancient. Over the Tree Lord Ancient. So I still took the, one drop. Still one drop because yeah. it's still Iron Bark. Okay. And Sylvan Earth, where it's just like here's your restrictions plus any Sylvan Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. Paid the price. That's why those, those battalions are so oh, expensive. more expensive yeah. now. But you get like cool artifacts, etc. So. Yeah. Um, okay. I think and they're originally tri- cheaper than the last general's handbook actually so I think Maybe. that's why Sylvaneth are going to have a bit of a resurgence so the only thing I learned was the Tree Lord Ancient was an amazing because I put the Ethereal Amulet on him and so I gave him a you know immune surrender and re-rolling ones on his armour save basically so yeah. he was a great tank yeah, but yeah. actually he didn't really contribute that much else so that's why I'm looking at a Dreitra she's a yeah. bit more flexible I mean, a bit more combaty and that was my observation of your, your playing, having never played matched or Sylvaneth, who are massively complex, uh, was you'd built this really tanky character, and then a lot of the time it was sitting at the back casting spells as if it was an 80-point wizard you needed to yeah. protect. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I, think, you know. I'm, I think I was conscious of the secondary. But anyway, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It was, it's true. And I, actually, in day two, I didn't do that. Yeah. And he survived against Wayne. Um, he didn't survive against Sam. He got taken off by um, some horrendous... Um, kind of Archeon, Archeon kind of combos and things like that. So. Yeah. Yep, sure. Did he get Slayer of Kings? He did get Slayer of Kings. That's uh, exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, I thought nice. he did. <laughs> he, got, he got Archeon poked. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Tom, what, do you want to go through um, any games in particular? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Very quickly. I mean, um, we've talked about Adam, so I don't need to talk about that. Um, yep, we don't need to talk I think about that. The, <laughs> the three the, the three that I would talk about is the fact that Destruction are obviously still a little bit behind the curve in general. They haven't had like new battle tomes for a while. And I thought it was cool that I was able to beat Doors of Cain, Corn what are they called? Blades of Corn? Blades, Blades of Corn. Corn. Blades yeah. of Corn. We're and expecting an uh, announcement we today have, though, aren't we? Yeah, we are. The um, Moon Clan insect themed apparently. Insect themed, okay. That's um, not really what so I was expecting. That's what I thought was cool. Is that uh, I was scuttlings, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Legged, six-legged ones. Is that so. I was able to take on these three new books and beat them all. So I thought it was good that Destruction were able to do that with some help of 412. Yeah, and also, yeah. you know, not to take it away as well, like Darren's a very, very good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And, so not and a great guy as well. good, but... Yeah. It's still just about the objectives, though. And yeah, and that was that was the interesting thing. So Darren actually, um, I think if I played Darren in any other scenario, he would have just tabled me in one. Sure. But what did was, you play? Uh, it was the burning one. Okay. Better so, part of valor. Yeah, better part of valor. So essentially, in in See, turn one, he he got one objective. Well done. <laughs> he got one objective that he had for the game, and I had yeah. one objective I had for the Which game. Which is how it normally happens. And I was able to burn enough that then we sort yeah. of got into I think like turn three or four, and then he made a big mistake. So there was one other one left. 
he yeah, really it really, really punishes mistakes. Yeah. That yeah. scenario, it's and horrendous. He did. He was. That was why he was annoyed. He was kicking himself. He's going because I just yeah, yeah. spanned a magma dragon into the back lines. Yeah, that's basically. that's what you, you need, <laughs> can just not spot that somebody can jump over the top of you and burn something. Exactly. And he did. Yeah. Uh, he did use Leroy Jenkins against me. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter. Oh, no. Which is yeah. it's an exalted Deathbringer who gets eight attacks on the charge normally. <laughs> Uh, plus one for the banner, so nine attacks. Yes. Uh, you can give him multiple pluses to hit from the prayers. And then what you do is you give him the, what's the sword called? The sword of, of D6. The sword of wounds. Yeah. So he uh, went into a magma dragon Amazing. and he had nine attacks and he needed fours, fours to do D6, to do D6, D6 mortal wounds. They <laughs> <laughs> just did 17 mortal wounds and they just exploded oh in a pile of blood and flames. It was that fantastic. is so much <laughs> damage. <laughs> is Darren bringing that to Raw? I think probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also awesome. narrative, but also amazing, which is my consistent point about narrative. Yeah, it is really, really um, narrative. And he did also guy. shout Leroy Roy Jenkins every time, which was fantastic. Yeah, he does. So. And football, which I don't understand. I don't understand yeah. that. Chart, I think it's but... whenever anyone scores, you have to say football. Oh, okay. Oh, that's my um, thing. Um, um, and I guess uh, the only other game I'll talk about is the very last game against Callum, because this was like super high pressure. I'd won four games unexpectedly. So yes. the daughters of pain that I'd, uh, I'd yeah, lost yeah. to game four, yeah. which put Callum against Tom on table one. I know. For, for the tournament. For the yeah, tournament. With destruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed destruction. Yeah. Um, and he did what everybody does against the Magma Dragons, which is go, ah, oh, they're not that fast. I'll just sort of deploy on the line. And I charged in and killed <sighs> all of his daughters and all of his snakes, turn one. And then Marathi came in. And I'm <laughs> not she quite. Went, no. I'd not quite realised how good she was. And obviously, usually, the pre- you know, they've got like four little guys who buff yeah. up all the daughters because all the daughters were dead he was like I'm going to do them all on Marathi yep. so she comes in like re-rolling stuff yeah. mind razored so mind she's doing four damage yeah. four damage per hit uh, and killed killed one dragon and one I was like cool yep. won the priority so I couldn't retreat with the other dragon which Marathi is quite a and good they killed counter. the other one <laughs> she's quite a good counter to them as well because you're like I'm going to do 14 mortal wounds back oh, to you and she goes no you're not cool, I'll take <laughs> three. three then yeah. but um, turns yeah. out battle sheep beats Marathi because she can't get through his his three up rolling ones. Is there anything that doesn't beat Battleship? No. Hang on. Not I that took... I found. <laughs> I, uh, I'd, I'd like to point out that I took off Battleship in a warm-up game on the Friday when it was my second <laughs> only ever game news. of Age of Sigmar 2. Oh, I don't remember that happening. No, I don't. And I believe I won the scenario. You did. Alex was actually the only person that weekend to beat the Battleship. Yes! <laughs> yes! Um, so the rest, the rest of that game was the battleship chasing Marathi around um, sure. for the win. It was actually a really tight game. It was a, it was a good game. Yeah. So the uh, the awards on the was there a painting? Uh, there was a painting. Uh, yeah. I did get a nomination, which I was really chuffed about. Uh, for an eighteen player event, it was really good. Was the field there? Really good. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys were also disqualified because you had models that I painted, so yeah. that reduced the field. Auto <laughs> <laughs> disqualified. Um, yeah, um, but um, paint wise, Wayne Kemp Skaven, which is really nice. Really nicely painted. That was the Heat yeah. Three nommed army, wasn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, and um, Ian Hannam's um, Moon, Moon Clan, Clan Grots. They were gorgeous. Um, utterly stunning. They you might have seen gorgeous. those developing on Twitter uh, over the last few months. Um, Paul Buckler's um, Spider Fang. 
He does some nice armies. Oh, oh my god! Days. Yeah. The Alasar thing was equally as gross and awesome at the same yeah. time. There's I a mean, spider literally laying egg sacks, and it looks so realistic. I was a cool. little bit like, <laughs> sort of. <yeah. laughs> I was I was really torn as to where my vote was going to go in that, and I just had to go for Paul. Um, so it was players, players, was player vote. Yeah, the 40k event that was there at the same time was oh, players really? and judges. Oh yeah, um, I remember that used to be a thing. Yeah, which was nice. It yeah, meant yeah. The hall was busy, but it, there were also half as many people as at South Coast so you had a load of room around the yeah table. it's a nice thing um, Martin Clark was also nominated for his Nurgle there's some awesome conversions in there the 40k yeah. pox walkers uh, yeah. mixed with other stuff to be his marauders yeah um, which is really, absolutely what you do yeah really yeah. cool really cool army um, and it was taken out by Ian Hannam uh, with the moon clan grots so. well then in well, another, then, yeah. another trophy for destruction. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was some including the point. wooden spoon wooden spoon as well um, <laughs> and then so destruction came one two three right because they're filth yeah, I that's presume. exactly right. So yeah. third, do you so know? They're going to get comped horribly. And, uh, um, do you know three, two, one? Yes. I can look it up. Second just, was yeah. Darren. Who I Second was Darren. Yeah, and then third yeah. was Gary Fisher with his Nighthorn. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. You both played? Yeah, it made yeah. me feel better about yeah, getting tabled really nice in game one. Well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And he's only, he's only just come back into the lobby, so it's That's cool. Yeah. I think it's a solid, solid army. It's not top tier, but it's it's really cool. Yeah, he was a good player as well. He was a good player. I think it's forgiving. The Nighthawk army. Yeah, well, because you're immune to rend. Yeah, so, yeah. so you can make a mistake and you've still got 20 guys that That's can come back there, at some point. And, and then uh, yeah. Darren, Darren got a good boo going up to receive his second Travis trophy, which is good. <laughs> That's quite funny. He did wow. give none of the shit. So it's a local tournament for him. And that's all the awards, right? <laughs> well, no. Uh, Tom Loyne, captain of Team Wales and, and uh, shepherd of Battlesheep, uh, <laughs> playing mixed destruction, took out Pompey Pillage. Nicely so done, Tom. Thank you. Um, we said impressive. we'd bring a trophy back in the car. We didn't quite know which one it would be. Um, <laughs> but a destruction first place uh, was a surprise. Yeah. And I think I shall gracefully retire the list on 10 wins for 10 <laughs> Of events. I beat it. I'm happy with that retirement. Uh, well done. Thank you. Yeah, um, nicely done. So thanks, Paul. That was awesome. I'm really keen. Like they were happy with 18 players, but there was space for a few more. So yeah, I really want to take a decent cohort from Angel down next year. Yeah, absolutely. Super yeah, yeah. relaxed. The social was awesome. Um, I thought it was a really well run event. Obviously, we're always keen when there's secondaries um, and something a bit more narrative behind the event. Yeah. Um, yep. Even yeah. if you're playing your games competitively, so. It was a top event, one of my favourites. Absolutely. No, well, no, it's no. the only event I've been to thus far, but it was still my favourite. Yeah. And it, there's, so, there's, there's something to be said for those small, uh, <laughs> because he organised a curry on the Saturday night as well. Yeah, so it is nice. You get to know everybody there, whereas sometimes, like, at South Coast, you just got to like, go see a person. Else, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Fair enough. Well... Thanks, thanks for giving us the overview of all of your games, guys. Welcome. Um, and again, thanks, Paul, and thanks to Pompey Pillage as a, as a club. It was a great event. Pompey Pirates. Pompey yeah, Pirates, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll Pillage be back after this short break for some narrative talk, I guess. Indeed. Uh, welcome back. We're going to talk a little bit about narrative, particularly with regard to uh, list building and uh, model building and conversion to kind of suit narrative armies. Um, Tom, if you'd like to lead off with that, talking perhaps about battle sheet. Ah, the battle sheet. Yeah. yeah. The battle flock. Uh, <laughs> if you listened in a couple of episodes ago, I've obviously talked about how I went about painting that, but... What, why I decided to convert it or what yeah. I did. Um, just, just why? Well, <laughs> well yes, being a, being a Welshman, you may have heard, um, I wanted to do a destruction list that was very nicely Welsh-themed. See, I do do themes. 
Um, so I always look at doing dragons and things like that. But you can't, turns out you can't just take an army just of dragons, unfortunately. Unless I've, I've been trying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can in narrative. Um, uh, damn it. <laughs> is that what we're talking about now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so for the battle sheep, yes, I wanted to do a frost lord, but and I like the frost lord model, but I wanted to make him riding an enormous scary sheep. So I started looking at the kit and sat down and sort of played around with it, and it turns out that the um, the tusks off the big off the thunder tusk yeah. work perfectly as sort of goofy ram horn kind of look. And I did try experiment with them going backwards, like a proper ram look. Okay. Looks like. Um, but I thought I wanted it to look... And it was interesting because people have looked at it and gone, oh, that looks silly. And I'm like, yes, it does look silly. That was the whole point. <laughs> the whole point yeah. is that he's a goofy kind of sheep kind yeah, of coming exactly. into battle. So I've done I mean, the horns coming out sideways, so they are they are super goofy. And he's, he's running over a green meadow filled with flowers. So anyone who <laughs> thought that you were taking AOS seriously really needs to kind of just put their glasses on. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then I did some other bit of green stuffing just to make it sort of sort him out. And I wanted to have an orc riding him because the, okay. whole, the whole army is going to be generally orc themed. I, li- I like the ogres but it is basically an orc army. Did you use the Godrak model then? No so I used no. the um, I used the Frostlord model who is essentially because the ogres were done a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but basically About the size the of the same sizes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's actually still smaller than Godrak. Um, so yeah. it's the Frostlord body yeah. uh, and then I used the spare Godrak head so the, the the Megaboss mega head. head, yeah, yeah. Uh, did a bit of green stuffing on the neck and kind of made him, made him fit in. And then the, the little toothpick spear that the Frostlord comes with is atrocious. I actually think it's the one very bad bit of the model. So I converted it with um, one of the Gorgrunter spears, which just looks like an enormous hacking blade. So mm. I put yeah. that on his hand instead, So which I think looks a lot cooler. It does. And I also took, uh, if you look in the Frost Lord box, they have lots of little sort of ogre shields that stick on the sides and on the knees, kneecaps and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I took one of those to make into a big destruction-esque shield that he's also carrying. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. So yeah. That, that would go on the kneecap of uh, the Thunder Tusks. So there's a few different spares. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that's what that was. Yeah, exactly. So it's got like chain mail hanging down from it. Um, I'll put up a, another picture on my Twitter um, if you want to. Yeah. Want to go and look at it. And what's your handle for the for the listeners? Um, T loin. So that's uh, T L O Y N at T loin. Yeah, cool. But I'll do that later on, so you can see it. And then moving forward, I want to add to the flock essentially, because <laughs> 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 at the moment it's the battle sheep with two converted fungal cave shamans, which um, Adam converted, who've got shepherd's crooks, who sort of herd him into. That was a great, a great little kit. Batch, they were the yeah. necromancer models originally. They were, yeah. 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 Turns out that two of them are cheaper than the actual fungoid models. So <laughs> 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 Quids in. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm going to do uh, a Gorgrunt army, and I'm going to convert them all into sheep. So it's going to yeah. be... Yeah. Wow. How are you going to do that, then? Old school listeners, it's going to be the Flock of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I bet that's a spell in one of the realms now, because a lot of the... Yeah, a lot, a lot of the, of the old spells ones. are all... I noticed Bridge of Shadows is back, which is why yeah. I tried to cast it mm. my Green Dragon, because he's got a War Dancer on it, and that was his spell. Uh, but that didn't happen. That didn't happen, no. No. Um, I'm not sure about the Gorgrunters yet. I'm not sure if, because Adam was the one who did the um, the wool on the Would you go team. with Mornfang or the actual Gorgrunter models? No, I'm going to use the Gorgrunter models. Yeah. I think that'll work. Um, and, you know, the basically all of the formations in the Iron Jaws book have a special big boss who gets two extra wounds uh, yeah, for some reason. it's very weird. Um, so leading the Flock of Doom, I'm going to have a converted Dracoth ridden by an orc that's going to be a big dragon, like a sort of small dragon leading the sheep into battle. I love cool. that. And awesome. he'll be the big boss. I have to get um, the um, crypt 
crypt flare wings on it or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sort of thing. I'm still undecided on the face for the Gorgrunt, so whether I try and do a head I think it might look a oh, bit funny. The Mornfang are an interesting suggestion, actually, because yeah, the they are, the faces are more it. sheep-like to begin with. Yeah. yeah. They're not, yeah or else it might just look like a pig with wool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Which is think, effectively a pig. Do you think the Mornfang are too big, though? I'll have to have a look. I've got I don't think they're too... No, the Gorgon are on the same boat size, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. So you think the only issue you would have there yeah, is... Yeah, that are on tiny bases, but they overhang by like 50% yeah. each way. So as long as you've got the correct Gorgon to bases, yeah, yeah. you're probably fine. Okay. The, the only That's potential issue there is that obviously those are from the same army. What do you mean? So if I wanted to use Mornfang? Yeah. If you wanted to use Mornfang in the same army, it might be confusing. But I think if you just say These everything that is on here is a Gorgrunter, then yeah. there's no confusion at all. I think yeah. it'd be fine. I mean, I personally want to see Frost Sabres in that list, but using Fenrisian Wolves painted as Sheepdogs. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the adding oh, to the list. Collies. Oh. Yeah. yeah, moving forward would be a Hunter. Who's yeah. Because sort of, he, he's got the come on from the side, so he'll cut, he'll have a big Shepherd's Crook and his two Fenrisian Wolves. And he'll, <laughs> yeah. he'll come on from the side and go, oh no, the flock's escaped. We've got to get them back. Come by, come here. Come by. <laughs> you can add your own secondary objective to Down. get everything back to the other corner of the board. <laughs> and the terrain you take with you to events is only fences. And yeah. you, you must, you must deploy them in a square yeah. with a game. Get them into the pen. Some um, games. That'd be great. That's the new Griffin racing right there. <laughs> oh, can you herd your Gorgrunters back into the pen? What was that? Great game. What was that? Some that was so much fun. I what was that? To do that. What Angel was Paul. that? Some DT time <laughs> program about that on the BBC? One man and his dog. Yeah, one uh, man my, and my best mate from school. One orc and his battleship um, was the. E, uh, the Europe under 15 one man and his dog champion and Michaela Strachan came to his house and interviewed him and he was like I'm just going to put these blood angels in the background <laughs> <laughs> um, th- thinking about that theme though I mean I could do sorry to Yorkshire to cut you off yeah. but um, actually if I'm doing that dra- ridden dragon could I do Dracoth riders as Mornfang would that be confusing I don't think it would be confusing. So They'd look weird with wool, though. No, as, no, as, no, as, as many dragons as, oh, as, as many dragons. Fang. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, that would. I think that would be really clear. Monfang yeah. do mortal wounds on the charge. I mean, not well, but they do. Well, there is there is a formation d- match play that takes there, both. There is a formation yeah. that takes both. That's not bad. That makes them all reroll hits or something. They do something. They, yeah. yeah, it's it's relatively cool though. It's a nice, it's a nice use. like fluffy. Okay. Yeah, and I like the idea. Taking some units of the units of two as well is quite nice within. Um, that theme it's either a couple of dragons or sheepdogs I was, I was thinking uh, thunder <coughs> cavalry as yeah. sheepdogs potentially as well mm. and, um, and I also want to do yetis as abominable wear sheep oh my god <laughs> Which, oh my word how are you going to make those I, I genuinely think Just yetis with wool will look like abominable yeah, wear sheep I don't think <laughs> any conversion is necessary <laughs> really. nope um, or even painting so the, the plan the is key. the plan is to take the flock of Doom to Angel Call. That's awesome, do. nice. I got some got some painting. I've got some converting to do, and then Adam's got some painting to do in September. I've got <laughs> I've got an entire Nighthorns army to paint for Andy for Angel Call, so I'll just have to do both. Good, yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really really cool. I'd, yeah, I'd, I just think that like conversion. The head is going to be the difficult thing for the yeah. for the actual. Uh, I mean, I might I'll have a, I'll have a play with green stuff. I might be able to get them all the Yeah, it depends on, on how it. yeah on how Which much of a, um, a difference in size the head. What actually about has. Um, blood crushers and filing down all of the chaos trim oh, bits? It's a lot of work, though, isn't it? Yeah. I hate filing. Get a Dremel. You got a Dremel? While, we're, while we're still on conversions, I absolutely despise filing off sections of models. It's the most boring thing. Get a sharper scalpel. <laughs> it's plastic. Yeah, no. Or, or, no, or, no 
Mac, with the with the Mornfang though, it would be just use the Mornfang model. That's what I would do. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't yeah, try and sure. put the head on a Gorgrunter. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I mean. So I would. Right, I would... right, right. I thought you wanted the bulk of the Gorgrunter behind because it's a lot. It's a lot wider the Gorgrunter. No, I think I think the Mornfang would work. I'll have to, I'll have yeah. to go and have a play yeah. and then just experiment with converting the head to look more like a sheep's head. I probably. Yeah. I increasingly now just thinking about it, think that the Gorgrunters would be fine because it's just a pig nose on the end that makes it. Yeah, um, obviously a pig. Like I think that. just could do clipping that, that and then rounding it off, and that the, might be fine. And yeah. the the cotton wool will make it look like a sheep. So it will, yeah. Um, have a play, I guess. It sounds super cool. Yeah, is that your general approach to conversions? Then, like, just have an idea and then have a play with what you actually can. Yeah, get. I, I, yeah. I tend it means to. You don't want to buy everything. <laughs> Yeah. And I tend to come up with a concept before converting. Sure. So I go, sure, yeah, sure. I want to do this. And I always think wildly in excess and then go, yeah, <laughs> go down a rabbit. Refine it back a little bit to something <laughs> yeah. that's achievable yeah. and affordable. Uh, but other than that, yeah. Well, I mean, the Robocorn army, I ended up doing blood letters from like, um, those Necro Leichgard and a blood letter kit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think another kit. Each one was like £5 each. It was ridiculous. Wow. But, it was uh, a very <laughs> cool army. Yeah. Not on economy so, scale there, though, is there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the Morfang model, so and I think actually also you've got the horns there as well, which is useful. Yeah. The teeth. Yeah. Yeah. The teeth, I think, could uh, be moved. I think it might be really cool, yeah. So, yeah. so Adam's got an amazing conversion sitting right on the table in front of everyone, which hopefully you'll post. Uh, you've already posted, already posted it on Twitter, pictures yeah, on it, yeah. But we can, um, we can put it in the show notes and everything. Yeah. So what, like, I, I struggle with actually, like, visualizing conversions and stuff. What was your idea behind this guy? So, um, basically, uh, I've converted a Tree Lord Ancient. You might have seen it online. Um, it's been more popular on Instagram. I think we generally have Twitter followers. Um, Alex said he wanted to run Sylvaneth, and I opened my box of Sylvaneth after a year, having gone, oh, the battalions are really expensive now. I'm gonna Do you mean dragons. your, like, bag of Tree Lords? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the Tree Lords are in a nice fly case. Oh, okay. Um, it's the dragons that were in a bag. Anyway, uh, and I kind of got the army out, and Alex had sent me the, the kind of the early list. I had idea, nine yeah. balloons in it, which obviously That's doesn't it. work in the game or for a spoof song that we might be writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I had been running just because I had it already. Um, a, a tr- an ancient tree lord, yep. <laughs> as a tree lord ancient was kind of. So I wasn't being particularly competitive with the army. Had a nice old school tree lord, and, and built like a, an extra bunch of foliage on its back with extra tree boughs and limbs and stuff yep. so he, he had a higher profile than the old tree lord would have done I was like yeah he's a tree lord ancient great and I did a Durthu conversion based on the old metal 1993 Durthu and, really cool. um, and people were like how do I know it's Durthu without a sword I was like because this is the Durthu model <laughs> yeah. um, did people yeah. really say that? yeah um, wow. but actually do you know what War Scrolls have an attack profile. It's described as a sword. Um, so I am going to cut his hand off and magnetise it with a sword. So Fair that enough. people are difficult. I can go pop. There you go. I was but, looking at your um, your uh, Durthu conversion. Actually, that could quite easily be Dreitcher. Correct. So yeah. that's why I've actually thought, well, actually, if I magnetise a sword onto it, then I've got the option for Dreitcher or Durthu yeah. Uh, yeah. at this point going forwards. Um, but I did realise I don't really have a Tree Lord Ancient. And having played around with a few builds and having actually thought about... I've really enjoyed running Hallowheart, right, um, with my Order Draconis. And I've had a look at the Firestorm cities. And the one that really caught my attention from a narrative point of view was the Living City. So I wanted to play Wood Elves, and then AOS came out, and I'd bought a Wood Elf army, and I was like, okay, I'll put these on round bases. 
uh, and I really enjoyed playing Wanderers um, at the start under MoComp because yeah. mm-hmm. Way Watchers were great under and PDF scrolls. And, yeah, yeah, and they played exactly how I'd wanted them to play in Eighth Edition, in that you could kill a lot of stuff, but yep. if anybody looked at you, you died. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of did my you know two or three wins out of five at an event with them, and I was super happy. And then all of the fun War Scrolls, and by fun I mean good and efficient War Scrolls like Way Watchers. Um, were completely removed from the game, including the Forest Dragon, Sisters of Twilight, Orion, all of these models that I'd, A, spent a lot of money getting off eBay. Right, still in the game? Nope. He's Avatar of the Hunt. Yep, there are no points for him anymore. Really? Yeah, I I mean, there are points on War Scroll Builder, but it's not in the new GHB. I mean, it's strongly rumoured that they're going to redo it. There's a Plastic Orion coming out, apparently. Okay, Um, fair enough. So that's exciting. So I'd heard that rumour, and there's like potentially a second wave of Sylvaneth or an actual Wanderer's book. Either way, there'll be some integration of those within order, I think. I thought, you know, I want to build an actual Tree Lord. Um, and my concept for my kind of hunters, some of you might have seen on Twitter, was that I really like tree revenants. So you've got an elf spirit kind of emerging from within um, essentially the dryad kind of form. I always wanted to do that for my tree lord ancient and never did because I couldn't figure out um, how to do it. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this in passing to Andy and he was like, oh, well, I've hacked up Bellacore to use his wings for a vampire conversion. So there is a Bellacore first oh, yeah. demon prince torso lying around that's a big bear torso and I was like yes it is um, <laughs> so Correct. basically it went from there and if you've seen my bits boxes it's like three just large suit I have large feet so I have large shoe boxes filled with uh, broken models do, la- do large shoes come in larger boxes yes wow <laughs> I've um, literally never thought about that in my entire life Angel yeah cool. <laughs> wow. yeah there you go uh, so, <laughs> there's a new fact for me yeah, today yeah, there you go come in big boxes <laughs> all the important information from Angelcast um, <laughs> I've never like put my shoe boxes next to Heather's shoe boxes and see if they stack properly they, <laughs> well they, they might do because perhaps two of Heather's shoe boxes will go yeah, on top maybe, of one maybe. of yours um, so I had um when I first did Sylvaneth, I'd actually picked up a few of the Ents from the Lord of the Rings range um, as kind of conversion fodder. Um, the only one of which I had remaining was Treebeard himself, who was kind of this very heavy metal um, piece uh, mm. of tree. Yeah, cool. um, and realised I really liked the kind of limbs of that, um, if not the body itself. So I pretty much just pinned the um, Treebeard limbs to um, Bellacore's torso, um, and then I used a spare, because you, you get two torso fronts with the demon prints, the plastic one. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I had the 40k one spare and knew I was covering it in green stuff, so I stuck that to the back of it. So I sort of have this Bellacore torso, which I fell the Chaos Star off, emerging from um, a tree. Um, I was thinking about, like, what, what am I going to do uh, for the head? And I've seen people do similar conversions before, where they've then had that kind of humanoid torso, oh, like okay. the, I've never like seen the it. tree remnants. But what I haven't seen before is not using a tree lord head on top of that because people haven't kind of figured oh, out right, yeah, how yeah. to get a larger scale head on there. I used to play loads of Inquisitor, which is a 54 mil game that I suspect is coming back in 28 mil this year or next. Everything's, um, coming, back. Everything's yeah. coming back. Everything's coming back with a Pilgrim. Vengeance. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, and um, you'll know the character Cal Jericho if you know anything about oh, Necromancer, oh, which yeah. we're going to talk about later on. Yeah. Um, there was a limited release of Cal Jericho at 54 mil in 2002 for Inquisitor. Yeah, and awesome. uh, Games Workshop then immediately went, oh, we don't actually have the IP for this. This is comics and that's separate. Oh, no, and took it off the shelves. Right. But I have one of like 100 of them in the world. 
Um, and um, people on Twitter got upset when they saw this because like, oh no, Carol, what a what a model. He came with three heads. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, That's like, really cool. Looking in different directions, and so he was shooting his guns in different directions. It was an awesome kit, and mm. it's super sad that they didn't have the IP for it. Anyway, so I had a spare Cal Jericho head, so I sculpted elf ears on him. Um, cut off his soul patch. Um, <laughs> oh, you should have had a soul oh, patch. Yeah, yeah. Soul <laughs> patch um, oh, man. He got some, he got some uh, <laughs> antlers actually from um, one of the Karnath Hunter kits. So I was looking at the uh, Wild Rider kit, but it didn't quite work out. Um, he got a bit of extra hair added in from a Marauder Horseman tail. Um, and then, as is as is my kind of want with uh, Silverneck models, you then just throw green stuff and oregano at it until it looks like it's a tree. Yeah, and, yeah, a, and a real pine cone. Yeah, and, and then, an and actual then, pine cone. Yeah, have, you, so have, you his, heard, have you treated the pine cone? Yeah, it's been um, varnished. Okay, so yeah. it's not going to rot. No, well, I mean it will at some point, but I'll probably be dead by then. <laughs> um, it's yeah. So he's got um, an actual pine cone um, as the kind of tip of his doom tendril staff, yeah. um, which was a nightmare to paint. It's not going to be as bad as painting Lady Ollander, but is it because the paint doesn't stick to it, or to get the, uh, to, to get, get in, in there? So I it. wanted magical effects. So you ended up using nilic oxide with yeah. it, because um, that's the magic effect on my silver F army. And um, I used most of a pot trying to get in there, because even though I varnished it, it's quite difficult to spray varnish a pine cone. It is. So <laughs> some of it, some of it was relatively absorbent still. So it's like there's a lot of this wash going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so that was that really. Um, I've magnetized the weapon option for him um, because I might want to run him as Durthu at some point. So I want to make sure I get the magnets the right way around. So I might want Durthu and Dritra in a list. Sure. Um, and um, the final thing I've done with that is I had a set of the Ether Wings left over from a Blight War half box that I had. Cool. Um, so I wanted the Paladors. So um, that got magnetized onto one of his shoulders. So there's kind of just to, there's a lot of negative space on the left side of the model. So composition is like there's something missing here. A lot of my other models have like spikes or um, branches with foliage on there. And I thought, actually, what do I want on there? Let's have a bird. So it's kind of a nilic oxide kind of spirit. He does now. Yeah, and so while he's doing that, I actually fixed that seagull. Yeah, well done. Properly drilled it and, and made it work. So That's I've been really kind good. of um, fixing it on the fly whilst at events for a little while. Yeah. Um, so um, shall I just talk a little bit about my Living City list and how Living City works? Let's, as an end of let's, that, or? let's go through let's go through that after in the second half of this when cool. we go through actual narrative yeah, design nice. um alex you've been doing a load of conversion stuff for your for your raw army so. i have and it's um evolved into so i i took away from um conversations with adam before that actually just because you want to build a match playlist doesn't mean you can't have a, a theme behind it which is where well, you will explain about your living city later. Yeah. But um, when I was designing that Ironbark Wargrove for um, Sylvaneth, I suddenly realised, well, actually, I could um, work that into my raw army as well. So there was two conversions that I'd done. Principally, one was one that I'd been working on for a while before I went on holiday, and that was based around Mortal Engines. Um, and it's literally a traction um, uh, hurricaneum. Cool. So I think I mentioned on a few week, like a few episodes ago when I was asked with you guys that um, I bought the Cassafron Destroyer box. Yeah, and we didn't know what that was. So it's. Um, I it's actually right. have some lying around. Should have asked Mini yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I was going to bring you something today. I completely forgot. Oh, the Iron by, Strider. You can pop by mine if you want to get the Iron Strider on the way back. Okay, cool. It is uh, less on route. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I've so I've completed that conversion and I posted it on Twitter a little while ago. It's got quite a cool reaction, 
and it's so what I've done is I've taken the the tracks and I've used uh, an old uh, dreadnought arm from when I had my uh, 40k Blood Angels, and then I've mounted the top of the Hurricane to the to the arm. Um, extending, <laughs> extending outwards. Um, super cool. And it basically <laughs> looks like. Have you seen the trailer for Mortal Engines? For I've the, just reread Mortal Engines. Yeah, so um, it looks super like. One for those of the listeners that don't know what Mortal Engines is, it's a book by Philip Reeve. Correct. Um, and it's a it's a dystopian um, novel series about. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a book you've read, Alex. <laughs> steampunk dystopian. Yes, it's a book I've read, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, it's, um, all of the world's major capital cities are, are now rolling around on, on giant tracks. So, um, awesome. And, and, and eating each other. And eating yeah. each other, literally. Uh, in, a, in a political system called municipal Darwinism. Yeah. It's a really cool concept. That, that is cool really, concept. really cool. And definitely, definitely fits in with the over-the-top ridiculousness of the AOS fluff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway. that's, now, that's now evolved into... Um, having this traction hurricane, I've actually used a spare um, Orlock ganger head on the um, on the caster. Oh, sweet! So he's got goggles. Yeah. So it's the only indicator, and yeah. then managed to use some of the spare like servo arms and stuff on the kit. So it looks like there's a servo arm holding his spell book. Oh, and things cool. like that. Yeah. Um, so there's some, yeah, other bits and pieces I've done with that, and um, I've used some of the Admet kit stuff to make the staff look a bit more yeah. steampunky. I so, mean, yeah. how good are the Adeptus Mechanicus kits for steampunk? It's perfect. I mean, they are steampunk. Did you have to do exactly much to pull them back bring from being away. really sci-fi, or did you just have to um, use yeah. an arm here or a bit there? Um, I so I, I left. Where possible, I left armor plating off because the armor plating is quite rounded and quite. Um, okay. Like, you know, it, it looks a bit stormcasty actually. Yeah, weirdly. Some, some of the Adeptus um, Mechanicus is very sci-fi. It's yeah, like rounded helmet, yeah. Yeah. helmet robots that so, probably wouldn't fit into AOS. So weirdly, I have used a couple of the helmets on different conversion, which I'll come to in just a second. So what I've, um, but what I've done with the Casper and Destroyers because I've used the other two tracks to mount my Hellstorm um, rocket batteries on. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, what so, other, is it a Hellstorm rocket battery on that? Or it's it a Hellstorm rocket battery mounted on the tracks. So okay. I've not used any of the, the Martian torsos. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, and actually they've got sort of exhaust pipes and vents and stuff which since Caradron have come out are actually now in the aesthetic oh, so yeah, 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 I've recently um, stumbled across quite a lot of the Caradron artwork online yeah. um, which I hadn't previously and um, yeah yeah it just works it just works it, it works. is fully aesthetic yeah. um, so then what I did uh, and I now have a free guild general to go with this hurricane is I took one of the torsos that was meant to go on the Casper and Destroyers yeah, yeah. And um, use, using um, gritted teeth and green stuff, I've now created a steampunk centaur. Amazing. Um, so For I now our have British listeners, centaur. Centaur. <laughs> um, so I now have a um, uh, the Catastrophe Destroyer torso. It's gone on one of the horses that was originally pulling the Hurricaneum. Oh, that's um, nice. I, like that. I really don't. I've got four of them if anyone wants them. I really Shut don't up. like them. Okay, 
I mean, they're the only Which horses I own. Because so. I need to go through what's going to go on the front of my chariots, but <laughs> I just have no. I just don't like them. Um, okay. If um, you can think of something enormous to put in your uh, army, I've got a set of the tracks from the Corn Lord dude. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah. Oh my word! Because I converted what him on legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he's wandering around on legs. So I've still got the tracks. So oh my you, word! If you did want the tracks, it's a lab. Like it's a lab. Like the actual lab could be on there. Etherlab. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, that's gone so well. So I've got a plan for a new conversion that involves some tracks that Tom's recently revealed that he owns. And that is uh, the weirdest model that they've ever made. It, is it made no sense to put it on track. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You didn't yeah. Forge well do the leg conversion the leg immediately, conversion. didn't they? Yeah. They're like, yeah. no. Like, no, you've done that this wrong. you should have done. No, we will See, happily take the money for people who think you're idiots. Yes. <laughs> so I'm... Uh, that's going to be my Etherlab now, so that's gone really well, so I'll get those. Um, and I'm still using animatronics um, uh, wire to, to make walking steam tanks and cool. walking cool. Luminarch. That so that's good. it. And um, and basically the Ironbark Wargrove has inspired me to now include a, a Tree Lord in that list. So I've actually sold one of the unopened steam tank kits ah, okay. uh, on eBay and got more money than what I paid for it for direct order because the pound is worth nothing in Europe at the moment. So it's gone well. <laughs> oh, Tell me um, about it. So... <laughs> How was that holiday? <laughs> it was more... Well, I didn't actually go anywhere. Oh, no, no, sorry. Montenegro's on the Euro. But yeah, yeah. Um, other places were. Um, so uh, I'm going to be doing a tree lord, and the plan for him is to use, keep it very brief because we've got some other material to get through, and this is probably for yeah. another time. I'm going to be buying quite a lot of the army painter razor wire stuff that you can get, Ooh. and we're going to be okay. having me- uh, metal tree weeping willows with sort of razor wire. Um, oh, nice. leaves yeah, yeah, coming yeah. down and stuff which I will actually admit was um, Ian's suggestion at Pompey yeah uh, when we were having a curry he said oh you should totally do that I was he like oh my trend. word yes I'm yeah. absolutely going to do that so Ian thank you very much for that inspiration I'm going to make it happen great yep so uh, on my conversions I'm sort of struggling a little bit with um, as I mentioned earlier what to pull the so my raw list has both of the chariots the Luminarch and the Hurricaneum, and I don't like the um, uh, the horses. horses. Yeah, the horses. I'm just there's a there's a uh, acorn thing or whatever it's called rotating uh, rotating over the top of my laptop, so it's confusing me slightly. Is that how we refer to Tom windmilling? <laughs> yeah, there's an acorn rotating. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I think my so my my first plan was to use some of the endless spells and have them sort of dragging the chariot forward. But I tried okay. the conversion a bit and it just didn't it didn't look right. The sizes were completely yeah. off. It looked really yeah, it just looked like it like it wouldn't make any sense at all, or like there was no motion going forwards. Which is my main problem with the horses. They look so static. Yeah, yeah they look I mean, like the, the chariot is stood stood still and it couldn't possibly go anywhere. Have you considered yeah. having it pulled by sheep? <laughs> no have you considered putting it on will tracks? I consider that also no no I don't want I don't, like, I don't want to stand on the track thing I want it to be quite very like magic heavy not towards the steampunk side so the plan I think what I'm going to go with and I need to double check the size of the things is the new Stormcast Drac Alliance yeah I was going to say the Thundercats might be so but they, oh, yeah. they come in a box of three so I get one bonus one which they I could just turn into the character or do no. something to yeah. add to my Stormcast I'm not sure how crazy big they are 
They're big enough. I, I, I think they one. might even be too big. Is the no? I just have one. One right? would work. One pulling it. Yeah, yeah. not two. Yeah. And then have the other chariot pulled by a Vanguard Palador bird. That would Griff be too Charger. Big. That you think yeah, is too big, even for one. I think the Dracolines are the same size not. as those, but they, they only came out last weekend. I haven't seen them in the flesh. Okay. Well, you'll have to have a look. No. But I'm not saying the no, they're not the same kit. Am I being silly? No, no, these are the brand new, brand new Dracolines. Yeah, and they're they're really really cool. So maybe one pulling. The, but the thing that I can't decide is like how to make the mount work with the chariot itself. Go to so, accessories and buy. A cheap piece of jewellery and use the chains. <laughs> Sorry, I wonder yeah. where that was going. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's no, I mean, how to make it like a like a heavens mount pulling it. The other idea that I had was buy a load of ether wings and have them pulling forwards. going forwards, but then like, it doesn't really actually work in terms what? of the chariot just wouldn't go anywhere. So what about? Something more angelic. Yeah, what about like sort of prosecutor conversion or something yeah. like angels pulling? Can you just put big wings on the chariot? Just put wings on the so one is heavens and one is light, right? For the chariots. So okay. so light is riding a fireball, light bulb, light bulb. Like, <laughs> <in that street. laughs> a light bulb, just so just a light, just, yeah, yeah, just a lighthouse. Like you use a pine cone, you can put a light bulb on a base and yeah. bounce a hurricane. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just really struggling with what to actually get to pull those chariots. I think the Dracolines is the best idea, and I, yeah. I like the flock of ether wings idea. That's cool. Yeah, but isn't that going to be a little bit too similar to your sky cutters that you did? Uh, I didn't do any sky cutters. Sky Hang on, what's the elf chariot pulled by bird? That is a sky cutter. That is a sky cutter. I haven't done them. Oh, you did? No, you did the hawk. I did. The one? I used the boat in my previous raw list. I just had him like in a boat on some water, but I just used the sky cutter. Right? Boat. Yeah, you're I didn't right. Use the, the eagle. I still have in a bits box somewhere. We'll use him then. Nah, no, I he's not magical enough. Like yeah, the idea is that there's really, really high, like Diablo three kind of magic, and I want it to be. I would call ridiculous thing. Dracolines in front of both and paint them differently to represent the realms. Yeah, yeah maybe. That's. That, I mean, that's certainly a cheaper option. Because <laughs> yeah, <I just laughs> yeah. they need to. Are they going to look like summoned magical beasts? Is that the kind yeah, of I could do that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, have the, they have the same movement profile, and they cannot inherently fly in and of themselves. One should definitely, so. and one should definitely be a white tiger. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so I'll do that. Easy green with a red hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I've that I've done for conversions like is the um, power of Grayskull <laughs> I still want to do Nagash as Skeletor. Yeah. I mean, I've is, seen that, it. That's oh, who he is. To, like, yeah. yeah, somebody's already well, done I want it. to get the somebody's Skeletor action figure from the eighties and put it on a load of Mate. spirit <laughs> and not paint it. I'm gonna do an idol of Gorka's He Man. So, yep. anyway, so, so no, no, no. Let's go through. Let's go through our narrative list designs. So I think Tom, you've obviously mentioned your your new narrative list, but most of us have at least got narrative in our minds when we're writing a list, right? Yeah. You start it's with that kind point. of thing, and then you go, okay, so how can I make this actually no, fun to play? For us, not for everybody. Not for sure, not yeah, for sure. everybody. Yeah. But and like my deepkin is just what is good. Yeah, I, was, I was listening but, to um, Rob's. Um, show on having newcomers coming into AOS on Honest sure. Wargamer and he, he very much said actually that the first thing that will grab anybody towards their first army is what part of the story is cool now there are people who are competitive but actually if you don't know anything about the game you're going to go these models are cool which yeah. ones are good in that 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and AOS is very good for that because, as we've said previously, the battalions tend to be powerful and the battalions tend to be narrative. Yeah. Um, look at the Ironbark Wargrove. Yeah, it's yeah totally. You know, let's have some balloons in there. Great. Yeah. It works and it makes sense. So I... I don't think everybody does that, but for me, absolutely, it's yeah. what is cool, and then how do I break it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in that, but specifically in that order. Yeah, it's the important. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but actually, I, I could take the block of doom to a narrative event because I've been struggling to think of fitting it into match play, and I want to have the battle sheep and then all of his little minions running around. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually quite difficult to get a frost lord into then an iron jaws army because you need to be iron jaws. Yeah, but when you when line. you throw all of the kind of force organization stuff out of the yeah. window, then that's quite I could do that. Mm. I could just have a sheep, lots of little yeah. sheep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, that's, so there's a lot I more open. Are you doing? Yeah. Are you doing squig sheep? No. Oh, there are two little squig lambs in the list already. But there. could we have yeah. squig sheep? Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just have a whole unit of cave squigs that are just sheep. Yeah. Just early learning surface sheep. <laughs> 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 Unpainted. On, on, on 25 mil bases. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Tuna no, cans awesome. and other stuff. To, you know, well, Adam, you've got your... Yeah, so um, I have been increasingly, despite actually what Jay and I said about Firestorm on Hard 6, which is we didn't think people would ever use it, and actually not a lot of people have... I kind of increasingly fall in love with it as a, as a book and a supplement. I think it's really fluffy. It's made me actually care about what is the background for AOS, whereas previously I was trying to recreate world that was type narratives with armies. Um, but marrying those two things together, I've kind of come up with um, a living city list where having enjoyed being Wanderers um, at the start of um, AOS um, back in the MoComp days and having some luck with them but being frustrated that they didn't really synergize with Sylvaneth in the way that I wanted to, them to and also there was very much a full stop in terms of which models I could take if I was doing Sylvaneth and Wanderers because uh, that's how Grand Alliances A worked back then but also kind of have gone forward um, so I've, I've kind of moved on to Living City and the reason for that being it gets some of the things that are good from Stormcast, Wanderers, Sylvaneth but none of the really good things. So <laughs> basically the allegiance ability, if you are mixed order, but you take uh, the living city, means that you can um, deploy your whole army in the shadows. Um, and deep strike. can yeah. then deep strike, effectively. Yeah. It means you miss your hero phase with the models you've chosen to yeah. do that with. I'm not having any battalions in there. And actually one drop still seems to be really strong. Um, and so I, I'm not sure that it's going to be super powerful, but I think it has the legs to win a couple of games. Hmm. And the hmm. idea being that I take a Tree Lord Ancient, because now that summoning is free, on a four-up you get a Wildwood, and the second part of the deploying in the shadows is in the movement phase, any movement phase, although you have to do it within the five battle rounds or you auto-lose. Sure. Um, <laughs> in the movement phase, at the start of the movement phase, you can deploy any models that are in the shadows um, within three of uh, a table edge or a wildwood not wholly within not wholly within Um, all models must be within but they're not wholly within so you can with a big base you can try lots of it and then get some board coverage so I mean that's good to start with and I was thinking if I were to run it competitively you probably don't need the Tree Lord Ancient because you only get a wood 50% of the time and the issue is that that's now been FAQ'd as well and chained errated on the scroll whereby it's literally only one per turn can do it yeah. You choose one okay. Tree Lord Ancient. So I was hoping sure. that I'd be able to get two Tree Lord Ancients in, and 75% of the time there's Wildwoods coming up, and on a good day you've got two popping up turn one, and then you go, yeah. here's all my stuff. Yeah. Um, so I wanted some Wanderers in there because I've got 
4,000 points of Wanderers painted. Yeah. Um, so the, the and the immediate again. obvious thing there then was Glade Guard um, because battle line for order. Uh, so oh, yeah. um, I looked at them. I was going to do three units of 10. I was going to do two units of 20 and um, a unit of the Eternal Guard. But it turns out Eternal Guard are now only Wanderers battle line. So you are yep. mixed order has to be your allegiance in order to get the living city. So within building that, I thought, well, actually, how would that work practically? And the wanderers get to in the wanderers allegiance get to pop up um, along board edges. And if you take waystone pathfinders, which is their only usable battalion, um, you come up nine inches away from the enemy, and everybody shoots in the hero phase. So rather than doing that, I decided that if shooting's dead, why don't I try and do a shooting army? Because um, people are going to start taking stuff that doesn't have shooting, so I'm yep. going to go for shooting. So 30 Glade Guard and a Wayfinder who does the Hail of Doom arrow pop up nine inches away from the enemy, um, minus three rend, shoot off a chaff screen. They're not going to get their points back in of themselves, but they will kill whatever that screening unit is. Mm. Sure. And then you are popping up with a Tree Lord Ancient. Um, you can take Stormcast, so maybe if you're feeling really cheesy, you might take a Lord Celestine on Stardrake, um, <laughs> or it might be Durthu, or Karnoth Hunters, or something that's combat-y. Um, yeah. I even thought about, um, unfortunately he doesn't have uh, points anymore, but Stagbro with the Sword of Judgment would have been hilarious. <laughs> Stagbro with Sword of Judgment. So I've got a Glade, a Glade Lord on Great Stag, uh, yeah. who I really wanted to give uh, Sword of Judgment and just cavalier into people and go, Sword of Judgment! Uh, obviously he's <laughs> got funny. many fewer attacks than um, you have been Deathbringer, but it would have been funny. So the idea in the list is just to pop cogs so that you've got an easier charge, um, get combat stuff close to it. Um, I'm actually leaning more towards a free guild general on Griffin, just because that's a model I've always really wanted to paint. That's yeah, kind of like a model. cheaper version of like a Star Drake or you know something that hits hard enough in combat to be scary. Give They're it quite punchy. Yeah, and I was thinking actually if we're looking at movement and he's from the Living City, kind of like the the plus four movement um, cloak would be quite cool on that. So you're coming up nine inches away. You got plus two from Cogs. You got plus four, and then plus two to charge. Like he's gonna get in maybe about two thirds of the time, turn one, which is quite fun. But then he's not that great. Sort of judgment. Sort of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Solves all the problems. Um, so so that was kind of the build, and it just came from you know I want a few of the Stormcast things. So the Knight Azeroth is quite fun. I told you the Celestin Prime as well. Um, something protecting that city. Um, and Alex and I were quite excited about playing. Um, kind of Sylvaneth versus uh, Living City, because then you've either got the Sylvaneth trying to take control of the Living City, or the Living City trying to expand this bound expand within Miran, yeah, trying exactly. to take more yep. space, um, which might upset people like Dreicher, for example, who's in your list, um, and any woodland-dwelling dwarves yep. might be around. Hmm. Um, so do they dwell in the woods? Are they dwarves? Those ones do, the ones. Yeah. Do they hang from the canopy by the balloons? They're basically yeah. Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This, this has been mooted. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's variations on that list um, that I toyed with some summoning branch rates and that sort of thing. So it'd be nice having brought the woods up to then be like, dryads, 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 um, and would be relatively fluffy whilst allowing me to take um, yep. objectives too. Uh, so that was sort of the idea behind it. Um, yeah, no, to it utilize really cool. my existing co collection yeah. together as I always wanted them to within mixed order, but actually having a benefit for doing it rather than just being immune to battle shot, which is a bit boring. Yep, no, I think it works really well. Right, should we take a short break and then come back with some open play chats? Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. Right. Cool, and 
we're back with open play. So normally we give a little bit of a D&D update, but we're going to actually skip that this week because we feel that there's probably get some more content for it and cover it another time. Yeah, we'll just make sure that there's actually enough to go through each time. Exactly. And as we've got Tom here, one of the things that we were discussing over the weekend is that we really want to run a Necromunda campaign. It's the best game ever. It's so cool. Because it's so awesome. Um, Matt's sitting there silently like, what is a Necromunda? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, what is a Necromunda? It is a science fiction. Well, Necromunda is dead world, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. No, the hive. Is it an actual thing? I mean, from Latin, but yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Isn't the hive called Necromunda, isn't it? Uh, It's actually Hive Primus. The planet is Necromunda. So it's planet Necromunda. Because it also has a um, uh, fortress monastery for the Imperial Fists, right? Yes, and the Sisters of Battle... Fortress, fortress, fortress monastery. Actually, we'll <laughs> come on to this in a minute, but they very much exist. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Because yeah, uh, nice. there's also been some new releases announced, which we can have a quick chat about. Anyway, Towards the end of open play, but back to Necromunda. Yeah, so I've, I've been super keen to run a campaign since the new edition dropped. As I've spoken about it before. I'm also looking at running a uh, one-day event very soon. Um, uh, Dome Raiders, as I said, I'm still finalising the pack and venue. Uh, I think also I'm going to wait until the um, all of the gangs are actually out, uh, which isn't far away. Which now, isn't actually. far away, so I think it's last week. yeah, I think it'll be worth waiting. That's the one I want to do. Um, so I really want to run a campaign that is in the spirit of D and D and all our kind of RPG exploits that has more of the flavour of that rather than worrying too much about just smashing people off the table. Now that Kill Team's out. I think it's quite clear that Kill Team's intended to be the competitive skirmish game and Necromunda is meant to be your story-driven. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Or at least more campaign story Yeah, driven. exactly. And what I really want to do is to... So for those who aren't familiar with Necromunda, you run your campaigns in what are known as cycles. So one cycle may be uh, three games each where each player in the campaign has to play each person three times or may just have to play three games total okay and then the idea being then after each cycle we'll take a look at what's happened within the games themselves and draw out the cool narrative pieces and then what you then do is you allow models that have experience have gained experience etc to then carry on into the next cycle so they become your emerging um kind of figureheads within your army or, or sorry your gang um, and then you can have your own internal political rivalries, etc. as well. What I am keen on doing is making sure that we all use a different house. Definitely. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's easily achievable. So I thought what we'll do is go around the table and talk about what houses want to be, and then we can all, well, us three can, i.e. me, Adam, Tom, and we'll explain to Matt what houses, houses are. Are like army factions. factions. Yeah. Yeah. So Necromunda is a it is an imperial planet. It's very much under the governor of um, of the, of the planet, Lord Helmor. Lord Helmor, yeah. who is Cal the, Jericho's dad. Cal Jericho's spoiler dad. Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler alert! Afterwards, now I know all the spoilers. Yeah. You find out it's not a spoiler. It's about Cal- page three. three. Of the yeah. Cal Jericho. When he goes, hi, dad. <laughs> yeah. Cal Jericho is now a tree lord ancient, anyway. So yeah, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that these houses all control various industrial factors of the planet. Um, but they have their own black bag, uh, secret, un- well, not so secret, but secret at the same time, kind of territorial disputes going on as well. So you've basically got 
Secret um, in the orc sense of yeah. I've hit you and you've been knocked out, so now it's a secret. Yeah, <laughs> you're um, dead. Therefore, yeah, no but, one knows. but equally, it's um, that the fluff is that the Imperium lets it happen because them all infighting means that the governor himself isn't then challenged because they're weakening themselves by. It's a bit. It's Game of Thrones effectively, isn't it? In that sense. Uh, so, yes. Sort Game of, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones is a bit necromunda. Yeah, so there we go. There we go. Um, so I, for one, will be uh, looking and running House Orlock, the House of Iron, uh, as they also known, and they used to be the kind of John Everyman of Necromunda. Do you remember? It was just like yeah. it was basically guardsmen with here's a bloke, guardsmen with dude. cool sunglasses, guardsmen, yeah, and bandanas yeah. and bandanas, exactly. and now they're actually because quite li- Sylvester Stallone exists. Exactly. <laughs> um, Twenty years later, they're now actually just a box of hipsters. <laughs> they got all of the haircuts. <laughs> so um, soul patches, beards. I've already painted. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I played Necromunda LGD Tom. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've already painted my gang leader to look like me. So cool. um, ginger and beardy. Ginger and beardy. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to be running Orlocks. That's the plan for myself. Um, and you've got your guys painted, right? Sorry. So I was going to say, what's the fluff behind the Orlock now? Then are they in terms of the um, house? So the House of Iron, as it's known, they they do a lot of um, mining. Um, which uh, means that they're quite often uh, based around the ash wastes. So the point of the goggle aesthetic and the harpoon aesthetic is that they're a bit Mad Maxy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, They um, may have to leave the relative safety safety of the hive hive. and go into a literal nuclear wasteland. Exactly. So um, so that's their thing. Well, actually, the the ash wastes are within the city themselves. They're just bits of city that have been buried under industrial dust. Yeah, that, okay. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so it's it's that as well as right. the yeah. um, kind of judge dread thing of wandering out the city walls, um, and, and as a result, they quite often come into contact with um, gene stealer cults, and uh, they also quite often come into contact with Goliath and Escher. Yeah, which is a big new reveal for the new edition. Actually, there are other factions within Necromunda that might have been hinted at in the way that um, the Necrons were hinted at in Gorkamorka at a similar time to the old Necromunda. Mm. It's like, oh, there's pyramids in the desert and weird metal skeletons. It's probably fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's in not. in the current edition of Necromunda. There is very much another hive that is fully run by gene stealer cults. Yeah, okay. um, well, it's infested with gene stealers, isn't it? Just yes, completely. Yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. So it's a uh, which did not exist in the fluff previously, and there uh, is no gene stealer cult house. Yet. There, 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 there is, is not. Oh, there, but is. there was a release uh, of rules for using the current gene stealer cult models. In a that's really cool. I really love have, the gene stealer cult models. Yeah, that's and they great. have consistently really done a good job of releasing actual official additional rules for Necromunda in particular yeah. within White Dwarf. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. In a way that they can't quite and manage with. Cult got a PDF. Yeah. Cult on our PDF on the Necromunda website. Yep. Nice. Uh, as of this week. And really cool models. And really cool yeah. models. I've and got also loads you can of them if you want some. <laughs> and Gene Stealer Colts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if, if you wanted a gag, it is I've, an option. I've got yeah. a gag. So the fluff <laughs> really, really like behind the cult there is that they're all contained within um, Hive Secundus, and that's actually then um, garrisoned by the penal mm-hmm. legions of the Imperial Guard, isn't it? Yeah. And then the ones that make their way into the actual Hive proper are the ones that basically manage to sneak through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that fluff. So good. that that's where they that's where they come from, yeah. um, uh, and again, it'd be great to run them in a campaign because they could always be that um, uh, shake up factor. Yeah, yeah like yeah. if one gang's running away with it, Colt could come along and be like, 
um, sort of challenge it and bring actual pure strain gene stealers and I things. I mean, in a full narrative setting, you could quite easily have uh, a, a model from somebody's warband who was captured actually be returned. Yeah. Come into the gene stealer. But having been impregnated. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Or mid game. Or yeah. mid game, yeah. Mid game. Yeah. Um, and and that's something like, we're having oh, yeah. a campaign this is mine now. Which we've talked about before. Well, exactly. Um, comes into. And that's yeah, where you've got, because you've got the, the lurker below. Um, uh, scenario there where you use the the, the, the tentacle monster that comes in the yeah. start, starter box actually maybe if you make that a gene stealer for campaign purposes yeah. that's really where cool. we could bring That'd some cult in yeah. um, Tom what were you thinking? Um, so I think you're going to do House Cordor just because I think the fluff is really cool yeah. and they've just come out so if you want to see them they're really nice yeah, and, well, they've, I've got, and I've... they've obviously amalgamated Redemptionists and Cordor to actually be a single universe yeah, thing that. now which is um, much better so the, so the Cordor fluff is yeah, they're basically zealot emperor worshippers kind of the really sort of religious-y kind of dudes in, in, the, in Necromunda um, and West I've got a Baptist church in space <laughs> essentially yeah. basically yeah um, with petrol yeah, petro bombs this, yeah. <laughs> and this is the thing before the Cordor came out I actually had a really cool conversion idea but I I'm still thinking I might do, because the Cordomals are so cool, I might just go for that. But I was going to do um, a kind of, they were going to be called the Sacred Band, which was okay. a, which is a, a Greek unit in Thebes where they all were sort of naked and cloaks and cool stuff. So I wanted to do them looking like Greek hoplites, effectively. Um, okay. So it's going to be, uh, it's, going to, it's going to be... No, I so think your Corder are going to be hunky, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to be, the, you know, the, uh, the Zench Arcani models. So it's going to be Karak the... Acolytes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Acolytes, uh, And then cool flowing uh, capes and then yeah. I was going to do the Slaneshi um, helmets yep. but, so they looked Greek and then but with weapons like running around okay. uh, so that was my, my initial idea but now the Cordomals are out I might that's still a cool it. idea it's a cool, it idea, a cool idea, idea but I almost prefer that as a kind of weird ar- arbiters rather than because Cordor for me needs to be a bit dishevelled rank yeah well this is the other thing I, I would really like to do a Crimson Baron conversion um, yeah. I think doing a Cordor gang led by the Crimson Baron in, in our campaign would be yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be fun so I have to look at yeah. the Crimson Baron I think there's some models out there that I could definitely use to do that yeah um, so I might do both because I've got time so I might put Fair. both together and yeah. see how it comes Fair. and then I've got House Goliath who are sort of like your vat grown genetically modified like cyber Vikings essentially they've all yeah. got mohawks they're very punk but they're all fucking beefcakes and, and quite the, scary the epitome of yourself then uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's, 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 let's go with that. Let's yeah. let's did Tom that? just call Adam a beefcake? I think he did. I'm glad we're sitting at other ends of the table. I'm sorry, sorry. sharing a hotel room with him as I was at the listeners. Have no Acorn idea what's going on under the table. <laughs> Alex does. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so my my group are called the Hasgard Oilers. Uh, I went for a yellow. Do they oil um, themselves up? They certainly do. Uh, it makes them more difficult to hold on to. Um, you can use an arc coat varnish to get them nice and yeah, oil slick. You've been be, watching Bronson. I'm not going to do I have seen Bronson, <laughs> and um, I'm not going to say no to that as a response. Um, but yeah, um, I, I threw in some conversions with different kind of mohawk heads from across the range because they all looked like they were not only gen- genetically modified but also cloned from the box. I do like the new models, but um, yeah, the Necromander boxes are cool in that there's no there's no multiple of the same guy, right? Yeah, as a standard build, um, and there are options. However, they're one of those ones where they're not strictly multi-part, so you no. do need a bit of planning and cutting and pinning to yeah. kind of massively vary stuff, but okay. you're not too bothered yeah, yeah. about but that. But you're not actually going to get really two well. guys that look exactly the same. No, it's not like the Blood Bowl. No, yeah, like Blood Bowl. Early Blood Bowl I mean, you yeah. could build Even early, that. like the human one, there's two of everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You, you so could absolutely That annoys me a bit. 
yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you could build your Necromunda models, have two of each one, because you get two of the same sprue in the box, generally. But Yeah, um, but they are one sprue, they're could. one sprue kits, right, that's okay. how they work. So, okay. But with the options to build two of two blokes from each torso, essentially. Yeah. Okay, winning. yeah, yeah, like, like, um, there's, like, Reavers and stuff. It's, yes, exactly, yeah. It's the um, same torso, but they have different arms going in different directions with yeah, different sure. weapons, etc. Yeah, okay. different heads and, and different you're, faces, you're, which is always annoying. Yeah, <laughs> gluing, literally gluing, with the Escher models, you literally have, a head. Yeah. you'd have to glue a face to some hair with the Escher models, which which is why I immediately put <laughs> yeah, them down. The, the hair is an important part of the model for Hair is a very important part of Necromod. It's possibly bigger than their face. It's true. Largely, yeah. So the other gangs are that they've done in plastic Asher, uh, have they done Bandasar yet? Yeah. I've just actually. painted some Bandasar yeah, no, at the beginning just, of the week. I think nice. I remember seeing them very briefly. Um, but... Actually, I painted mine using Tamiya Clears running through my airbrush, which was um, it's a different story. We'll talk about We've them. We've got those done so quickly, but let's talk about them next time. Yeah. They look cool. Um, so, um, so I do have a painted Bandasar gang if um, you want to use those, Matt, of course. The, the point... I've I'm, I've actually been just to sort of round this discussion up because we do have some new releases to talk about. The point of bringing this into open was I've been absolutely inspired with the way that you manage our um, Dungeons and Dragons games um, to bring that into a um, you know a more of a miniatures game that we've been looking to play. Yeah, um, it is it is difficult to do that transition though, but mainly because D and D is is based on one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and miniatures games obviously in your houses you've got what 12 15 miniatures in your army yeah so it feels yeah. a bit it's a bit more difficult to get the kind of to get sure. the narrative because you're not just playing but, one guy which is why i thought about introducing the mechanic that i'm going to be introducing for dome raiders which is where you do have a model on the table which is narratively speaking yourself yeah, yeah. 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 And, we'll, and, and as a gm i want to try and focus the development of that model and the other models can more just be they're mooks. They're mooks, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The hired guy. Um, in fact, actually, do you know what that. we should do? We should all start as Jubes. That's absolutely what we should do. Yeah. We should all start as Jubes. Well, trying so, you to have, prove so you have a gang leader and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, you got yourself. You are the yeah. Jubes. Yeah. As, so, you, as if you're playing through like Madden on the PlayStation. <laughs> you're yeah. like, I am a newly drafted graduate and I am rubbish, but <laughs> I will win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so convert. One day. So, so you sort of convert up this sort of three versions of yourself. Convert, like Jews, get a Juve, get a Juve. Yeah. So but bearing in mind that Juves are now actually just gangers in terms yeah, of all the portions of the same model. model. So yeah, yeah, you can yeah. just... And then um, you become a bounty hunter, I guess. Yeah, kind of when your gang dies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's, a, there's enough like narrative stuff that happens in Necromunda that you can yeah. definitely progress a, a character. Can I, can I have a cyber sheep? Yes, yeah. you can have whatever you like. <laughs> I think it's, it's just quite difficult to progress the narrative of ten different people. No, that's quite. not what we're aiming to. That's, and actually, this would be a really good way for me to testing the theory behind Dome Raiders when I do. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, and that's, that's so. the thing as well, Matt, is this, the way the cycles works is it's very much like you only end up with a couple carrying over. So it's a gang, and then your sort of two or three most advanced people carry into the next okay. cycle. Oh, that works so very they well, then. get a new gang. So kind yeah, of, yeah. It, does, it does work like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay, cool. Wicked. Well, that works uh, really well. So, yeah, on that note, there's... Um, there's Shall we go through some new releases? Yeah, there's some new models coming out. So it's currently, um, and we're recording this on Saturday, and you'll probably hear this on Sunday, it's currently the Warhammer Fest Europe uh, at the moment. I don't actually know where it is. It says Europe, so I'm assuming it's not in the UK. It's probably in Europe. So we're not part of Europe anymore, right? No, we're not part okay. of Europe. Okay, moving on. That's a contentious um, There's been loads of exciting stuff come out. There's um, more pictures of the Rogue Trader stuff, although I think we've seen all of those models already. Um, new Kill Team starter sets uh, with yeah, terrain a involved. Note, a note on Rogue Trader, though. They are packaging it as a, a Kill Team box. 
Oh, okay, that's so interesting. So Rogue Trade, so the Kill Team Rogue Trader yeah. is a product in of its own right. So it is looking like an expansion to Kill Team. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. Which, uh, I mean... I know that, a load of people are really interested in Kill Team, so... It's quite, oh, yeah. a, sleek, it's quite a sleek rules mechanic. Mm. Yeah, that, um, that's really interesting and would make me actually play Kill Team, so Andy will be pleased. <laughs> um, speaking of Andy being pleased, Warhammer Underworld's change is coming, which is a bit of a nod to there being probably a Zeech pro- focus for the second season of um, Underworlds. If you don't know what Warhammer Underworlds is, Didn't because... the first season have a Zeech focus? No, it no. was in Shaiish. Oh, sorry, guys. Guys, I started the video so I could see what it was about and I didn't turn the volume off. Yeah, Carry on. Smart. Um, so Warhammer Underworlds, of course, better known as Shadespire, is mm-hmm. going forward, probably going to be still known as Shadespire. Uh, but the title for the second season, uh, presumably with new cards and stuff, is Night Vault. Um, more news from the Mirrored City, though, so perhaps it's still... We need to know more, but there's going to be new cards, warbands... Um, and fresh challenges for new and old players. Are you players sure is in Shaish? I thought it was in... Oh, no, no, it's yes. a silver tower that's like... Silver tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sh- yeah. Shade, Shade Spire is, is very a city in Shaish. Quick 30-second segment. You guys play Shade Spire? Do you like it? It's not a game I've ever... I've I haven't liked it. it at all, but have now bought heavily and, into it and, and I really enjoy it. I am the convert, yeah. If, if I really like Blood Bowl, do you think I like Shade Spire? Um, it's a, no, it's a, a card deck. stacking well, they're game. They're actually, okay. yeah, it's a deck building game which I generally don't like. But Andy built me a deck, and I enjoy the mechanics of the game, so I'll play it. But okay. I haven't, I haven't played it, but that I am keen to give it a go. Um, isn't because my problem with it is it's is uber competitive, isn't it? So it's basically a competitive game, not really any. Yes, kind of it is. It is absolutely a magic yeah, gathering okay. with toys. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll give it a go. It's just like I feel like for my gaming, I need a bit of narrative. You need a little so, bit just yeah. to get. Yeah, that's oh, why sure. I sort of sat on the edge of it. I just couldn't see it. Yeah, I think it could be more game. fun with multiple boards sure. and three or four players. Yeah, um, that's true. That's but that's also true for Blood Bowl. Um, <laughs> can I also just say? You mentioned. Speed freaks. <gasps> well, as in Gorkamorka. As in so Gorkamorka. This is the second, oh, that's the second the debate, release. isn't it? Because it's going to be death races. So Gorkamorka, of course, was more of a skirmish game with vehicles like Necromunda, yeah. um, but with vehicle rules. And in fact, the Necromunda vehicle rules that came out for a lot of money were the Gorkamorka rules, but never mind. Um, this looks a lot more like Dark Future, which okay. has a racetrack. Um, so it's been kind of bandied about as being the new Gorka Morka um, but looks a lot more like it might yeah, be yeah they, like, they look like race cars yeah and it's a Mad Max style kind of racing game Out of, do you get any benefit for painting your trucks red probably probably I feel like yeah. no five years ago but with current games workshop I feel like definitely we could definitely bastardise these rules into uh, chariot racing and bring that into yeah. back into Age of Sigmar yeah yeah cool. that was fun uh, so that's cool the, the other thing is um, and I'm, I'm interested in the wording of stuff on here so um, change is coming suggests it seems to me with Night Vault um, with Age of Sigmar um, Endless Spells um, sneak preview of Endless the Spells battle cow. And, and what it says underneath is <laughs> but who could this strange sorcery be for we'll have to wait and see so probably within about five minutes of us stopping recording there will be an announcement of a new AOS faction I imagine that they are yeah. it is a faction what is it a burning spell. cow it's it a is literally cow. a burning it looks like the running of the bulls so the guess is destruction the guess but, pretty much is destruction but it's not Toro. it's but not it, really grot. they're not going to be doing plastic chaos dwarves I wouldn't think but no. he could quite easily please don't say plastic 
say Chaos Dwarves because that's just made just, me. It I'm does just, look Chaos Dwarfy, doesn't I'm it? Balancing, yeah, I'm balancing this table. Well. You need a moist towelette. <laughs> and I, I, I was kind of surprised when it all first happened that Chaos Dwarves weren't destruction. I actually thought they might be in the destruction. Faction. Yeah, particularly with stuff like Vermeer yeah. becoming yeah. destruction. Vermeer are definitely destruction. I think Chaos Dwarves are very chaos. Yeah, but for me, it were chaos. Hot but they're games. not because they're not. Yeah. They're not. Chaos the is all very magically now, and changing mm. stuff, and actually, chaos dwarves are, are not at all. So because and they, they do worship their own god, right? Yeah, yeah. they're infernal dwarves, really. Now, aren't they? Not yeah. chaos dwarves. Yeah, yeah, and they do have battle cows already, so that would fit nicely into my battle. Oh my god, plastic! <laughs> oh, don't, don't do bear in mind that for narrative, you don't have to stick to the grand alliances. Yeah, I need to get the no. I need to get Azor. What's his name? Azorov. Big cowman. But yeah, so there's a new Endless Spell been previewed just now, which looks like the front half of a bull and the back half of fire, um, <laughs> which, I mean, just looks quite fun. I'm already going to green stuff legs onto the back and use it as a cow. So, so is everybody. <laughs> or buy two and have them together. Running like, no, apart. Not, not like some weird human <laughs> centipede shit. Like, or backwards, backwards cow. <laughs> Horrible. Like... Cat dog or whatever. Yeah, cat dog. We haven't seen the rumored scuffling insecty mooncat. Not, not yet. No. However, no. they were in the um, role models comic this week. Okay. Having stolen um, an Azerite sword from the Johan the running away dude, and they're like, "What happened to that sword? We thought you said that you lost it in a valiant battle." And then there's some grots playing with it. It's like, yeah. Um, but um, I might be wrong there haven't been that many episodes of it that's the first one with um, Grot's scuttlings in it and notably they were six limbed in that artwork so to have come out this week and also with October coming up which 40k players are getting excited about and with the Speed Freaks game coming up I would be very surprised if the rumoured Destruction Legion book or a Moon Clan book wasn't going to hit very soon I'm excited. Which is super exciting because Destruction is clearly the best faction. It is clearly. And has had no support for but. three years. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, every every release comes out and they make it worse. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Magma Dragon. Donal will literally bounce off the walls. Yeah, he'll there be so But only if Trogoths become yeah. battle line with the uh, Trogoth hag will Donal be accepted back into the Destruction community. Yeah, That's true. Agreed. agreed. Yeah, fair enough. And so, what do people think about the the release schedule that has obviously massively, massively kicked off for AOS two? And yeah, I mean, we had a big like gap right in the middle of AOS where there was a load of forty k releases, and we sort of had we had we had maybe four months where we didn't really have any AOS annual yeah. releases. And the last, I mean, when did AOS two come out? Two months less ago, ago, less than two yeah. months ago, and we've had an absolutely absurd amount of releases. For me, I feel like been, it was longer ago because it's. I feel like I've been lambasted. I've been three events within that time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> played twenty nine games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the releases have been the actual main AOS release. Then there's been the Stormcast Tome and all of the new Stormcast stuff. The Night Haunt Tome and all of the Night Haunt, and that's stuff. like a whole faction from the ground up. Like, mm-hmm. forget yeah. Fire Slayers, forget Iron Jaws. Right. You got and the Stormcast Chamber is, is basically a mm-hmm. release in, onto itself. It's yeah. like a six kit release. Yeah. That yes, you can ally in Stormcast stuff, but it is it could but be you, a faction upon but itself. Do you, do you, yeah, do you remember well. how bitty the Caradron Overlord release window was? We had to wait three weeks in a row to see the whole range actually out and be able to plan your army properly. That's They're clearly the not doing that. Been the same with Has it really? Yeah. Because I don't feel like. Some of, it, some of it anymore. isn't out yet. It's 
taken Some of it them, hasn't been released. It's Has taken it them yeah. six weeks to release not all of Nighthorn. And I've been sitting yeah. here trying to start building and painting an army for Andy. The book and you're like, came oh, out. I want to build this today. Yeah. And Andy's like, that's not even been put on pre-order yet. And yeah. I'm like, oh. It's crazy. Yeah. Is that annoying? I mean... No, I don't think it is necessarily. I think if you're a tournament gamer and you've got a tournament the week after a book comes out, it's slightly annoying. That what about the, the same day as <laughs> Same um, day. You can stay up all night and do it if they've come out. But it, actually, it if is, you're waiting a month... It is annoying sometimes yeah. when like you've got the book and you've got all this stuff and um, and then it's a month until the models actually come out. I think that's my issue with it. You've got the book. You want to be writing lists. You want to be doing cool things. You want to be building... building. And I understand that like, build your army up over a month and then more people buy more stuff. But they but, don't have me to paint their armies for. Oh, them, it's, so really, it's almost... Yeah, I mean, in my book, it's almost like they should release the models with the scroll because they do that online anyway, don't they? So like, cool, here's a new unit to use. And then they do that over a month and they go, here's a book with it all in and deleted. Yeah, stuff. maybe the book should come last. That would also but make more sense, scrolls right, each time. Because then you're like... Oh, I bought loads of this and it's shit. I'll buy the other thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Releasing the book with the points first, you go, this yeah. is what I'm going to buy. So actually, with your, if, there cool. are, if there is some less efficient stuff within the book, people are just going to go, cool, I'm not buying that. Yeah. I think it all just yeah. comes down. I would rather a three-week release cycle for a new tome rather than a five- or six-week release yeah. cycle, which we've seen. Right? Yeah. It, it's just a little bit too long. Let it not be said, however, that it is not absolutely fucking amazing because <laughs> yeah, oh agree. my god how much stuff are they really yeah. I don't have the money or the time we are currently to... complaining that there are too many releases <laughs> <laughs> there's Everything's too many a... toys Everything's too many so toys make it stop <laughs> uh, do, you, uh, do you feel like we're being treated better than the 40k players because I absolutely do yeah, well, well, it's certainly getting there. The last release for my army was uh, quite a while ago. But other yeah, than that, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. And, and destruction is like the massive kind of blind spot there, isn't it? And yeah. hopefully that's going to be rectified. I really soon. hope it's because they've said no. We need to wait and put a bit more effort into this because yeah. Iron Jaws was not what they were hoping it was going to be. Right? Let's be honest. No, it just didn't really quite work. The concepts they want it. It should be that if you fight it, you die. Basically. Yeah, I think it was based. But it's I think not really like that. For it's me, the issue with Iron also where's the classic horde of greenskins? That's what I want to say. And the, that's the issue. What you just said there, the classic horde of greenskins. There's nothing about AOS that they want to be classic. No. Um, the the massive problem with destruction in general, particularly um, with a big, big new World of Warcraft release out at the moment, Battle for Azeroth, cool. and yeah. with the orcs being green because of Warhammer, but actually that's what they are in one of the biggest fantasy IPs in the world. Is it's directly lifted from Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Ogres don't really have enough flavour, and they already have enough. It's models. weak IP all round. It's weak it? IP. And Moon Clan conversely isn't. Yeah, exactly, and that's why we see the fungoid shame and they're experimenting and stuff there. Destruction is awesome, but narratively they always struggled with where they fitted in. So they ran Storm of Chaos in what two thousand and three, which was the first RK on End yeah. Times one that they then retconned when Volton and and basically is that the one where Grimgor Ironhide yeah, showed head up at the end, him. headbutted Archeon, and that's the end of it. And you go, well, that makes sense for the narrative of destruction, but it also massively undercuts the serious tone of the world that they want to set up because an orc just shows up and goes, lol, smack, that's the end of your campaign that's been running for a year. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> orc. Didn't, didn't, didn't they play that out in White Dwarf as well? Yeah, they did. And yeah. so there was no shying away from it. They just said, this didn't happen, let's try again. And yeah. you then have the, or, the the way they got around it is bringing destruction in line with Gorkamorka with order for the setup for Age of Sigmar. So having done that, and 
I've talked previously, I can't remember if it was here or on the Hard Six, about how Sylvaneth and Iron Jaws are actually pretty vanilla factions. And apart from the fact that Alariel is an established character, although it should have been Ariel, never mind. Um, you've got established <laughs> characters within I'm Sylvaneth. Under the sea. Yeah. Um, Iron Jaws are, by definition, mortal orcs, who therefore yeah. were all killed with the destruction of the old world. Yeah. So where you have elf souls coming into Sylvaneth in a kind of believable narrative way, and now as the narrative's moved on, you have those souls coming back. We have soul wars. I think that's an opportunity for the destruction factions to grow. But in AOS 1, these are not the same orcs that you knew, and these are not the same ogres that you knew, and so they're just new and they just want to kill things. And whilst that's fun in a gaming sense, in terms of them being motivated to write a new release. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And yeah. I've read very open and honest stuff um, from Jarvis about why squats disappeared. And basically, if the studio is struggling to write a concept and don't want to, then they just don't. Yeah. They have a lot of freedom around that. That's why squats never happened. And he openly said that that's then why Caradraw happened. So that they fit in this setting. They make yeah. sense again. Yeah. Because they're a fancy thing we tried to put in 40k. But actually give sci-fi elements to or steampunk elements to a fantasy faction and that makes more sense same thing with systems yes, of battle, it does. Um, that are about to come out again they've finally gone oh we're actually going to try and have diversity and representation so sisters of battle is something we can do without it being hypersexualized, etc so then <coughs> daughters of Cain right so they're now <coughs> missed opportunity where... cough <laughs> yeah not all of the models the, the, the new release of models I yeah the snakes agree, aren't hypersexualized. and that's that's another because they're a snake I mean, I'm not going to really go into, into it. snakes I'm not going <laughs> to go into like, it I, had, I lost a day of my life on Twitter but having this they, argument what they have done really well in the destruction which I like is that um, they've kept it as it ha- they haven't got a god they haven't got Alario they haven't got um, yeah. Nagash because Gordran, the Fist Morka. of Gork is just a guy. No, but they haven't got a, a model who controls oh, yeah, the faction. Yeah, yeah. So, there's so no the faction avatar. is still cool. There are just ogres turning up, smashing stuff, or orcs are yeah. here. There's yeah. no avatar that controls it. It is very much a fluid yeah. horde. No, it's a fluid beast that moves around yeah. and just destroys stuff, which That's I think cool. they do yeah. want to keep. They like that. What, what you, do need to, you do need to get some characters with some semblance of political motivation, though, really, if it's going to work in the world. Though, really. I, think, I think the point of destruction... They managed it in 40k, and the fluff around space orcs with a K, yeah. um, for me, is still some of the strongest fluff yeah, that they've got in 40k. now has two Ks, so it's twice as good. Like, well, it's two R's. There's two R's is on it? K. Yeah. Two R's oh, I thought it was two Ks. No, two R's on K. Oh, fair enough. Um, I learned stuff every podcast. Um... I fully, fully agreed. I think what's exciting from that kind of thing, if you take, um, so in like Rogue Trader Fluff, which interestingly is coming out again for Kill Team, if you take old Rogue Trader Orc Fluff, there are orcs that live within human settlements yeah. in 40k, and that has already been mentioned within the Mortal Realms, that there are some orcs who aren't necessar- who didn't necessarily follow the kind of Green Tide war out of um, Sigmar's group and actually are staying within the city. So if there's a release, it's going to be exciting, and the narrative better be good, because for me, that's what that Iron Jaws down. If you take, I'm going to build a new army, orcs are cool, but there's a certain point at which, in terms of getting excited about designing the miniatures, there has to be a reason that your orcs are now yeah. cool in this way, as opposed to, here are some orcs. These ones are in the Age of Sigmar setting. So no. based upon our speculation that this new army announcement is potentially going to be destruction, what we're saying is, don't fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. But actually... Considering this comes out on Sunday, I'm sorry that there wasn't any destruction release. 
<laughs> and it was all a big trucker. It was all <laughs> just a big trucker. And on that note, um, I guess we'll sign off the episode. Are um, you going to announce? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very importantly. Very, very importantly, I completely forgot. Uh, yeah. So we have finalized stuff with Magic Madhouse or the Gavin Tim store yep. um, for Angel Core. It's going to be 20 or 24 table uh, places, so 12 tables, yep. uh, in Stratford in London uh, at the same place as it was last year on the 6th and 7th of October. Magic there will be counts. there will be Rome rules, as we discussed in this episode. There will be secondaries. There will be the same emergency system as last time. Um, I haven't decided on secondaries yet. But come along, same prizes as last time. Uh, tickets, we haven't finalized the price yet, but I think we're going to go with £16. Wow. Really? For a two-day um, event? With no food yet. That's the one thing that we haven't sorted okay. out yet. So I think we'd, yeah, don't quote me on it, but it, yeah. w- it will be less than £20. Yeah, and you can deliver um, some good food. And the idea is that you can then either Little decide tree. to deliver in or we will, we will sort out some stuff and have a deal for some kind of food thing based okay. on what we want to do so yeah 6th and 7th of october in london and there'll, there'll be an announcement on tga to, uh, today or tomorrow cool so it will go up when this episode goes up we will tweet that yeah so yes, we'll we tweet will that yeah. so yeah i will tweet even though i can't go but oh, sorry alex is having a 30th birthday <laughs> <laughs> are you 30 oh, well, yeah. not yet no <laughs> it's how birthday we'll be on that weekend <laughs> you look younger thank you right. it's the colossal amount of ginger hair on my face <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it hides this age. Hides the wrinkles. It's yeah, like oil of Ode. Right, should we sign off then, boys? Yeah, so no worries. Cool. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Thanks for having Hope me. Hope to have you again. It's and, really uh, good to have you on, Tom. Wicked. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>